You're listening to Metrotham Uncensored with host Justin Hodgkins. Listen to him ask heart-hitting questions while nerding out with his weekly guest. Metrotham Uncensored starts now. What up, nerds? Welcome to the episode four of Metrotham Uncensored. Today I have a very, very special guest, one dear to my heart. Not only one that I've gotten really close to in the con scene, but pretty much say that this person is the reason why I'm part of Metrotham in general. Uh Uh-uh. But today I want to introduce a very good friend, a very good mentor, Dustin Daigle. What's up, guys? What's going on? All right, man. So... I kind of know what you do, but what do you do for Metrotham? Okay, so for Metrotham, I'm head of tech ops and head of operations. Mm -hmm. So uh, kind of like the second in command, if you will, with uh, Metrotham. I help, I'm over uh, like gaming, security, and then tech ops, which uh, makes sure that all of the sound systems, everything electronic is making sure that it's running the way that it's supposed to. And I can't take all the credit because my team, Dan and all them, without them, I would be nothing. So, well, don't but, your second, man. Well, of course, my second Justin over here. <laughs> I can't forget about him. Of course. Um, but that's what I do. I'm head of operations and uh, second in command. And then I also help out with social media, live stream, and stuff like that. As you know, Justin, I, me and Brian were the hosts of Metrotham Live uh, or Metrotham Con Live. Uh, before you took over with Emmy, and then uh, Emmy and Liaris and Michaela <laughs> took over, and then now, uh, uh, YouTube-wise, I am one of the hosts of Metrotham Tonight, our Tonight Show. Nice. That I'm really excited about with future episodes coming out. So stay tuned for that stuff. It's gonna be so good. Yeah, I'm supposed to be helping write that, but still don't know. Like necessarily, if I'm just supposed to be like re-editing stuff or just like writing. Well, re-edit and just help writing scripts, man. I mean, with anything with that kind of stuff, anything helps out, especially with it being so new. You know what I mean? All right. And how did you become a part of Metrotham? That is actually kind of a funny story. Um, uh, I went into Sprint one day, and I was having problems with the new iPhone I got because. It was around the time the iPhone 7 came out, then it crapped out on me, and then I was like, fuck, and then I got a new, instead of them fixing the old one, I got a new one, it wasn't working, I needed a new SIM card, went to Sprint, and we had Lee there, one of the uh, old OG people of MetrothamCon, who is no longer with the organization, miss you buddy, um, but yeah, no hard feelings, he, but yeah. he just had to step away. Yeah, he yeah. had to step away. He got personal stuff. And he helped me out. And then, like, during that process, uh, he was talking with one of his fellow employees. This was right before Comic Book Day. Like, three days before... Free Comic Book Day. Free Comic Book Day that everybody, anybody who reads comics knows about. And he looked at his fellow employee and was just like, hey... Are you ready for free comic book day? And then me just being the socialite that I am, I chimed over. I went over the desk and was like, I'm so ready for comic book day. And then he was like, oh, really? We started talking about nerd stuff. And then he was like, well, hey, I'm helping put on this convention for Chattanooga and we need volunteers. I was new to the area at the time, been in Chattanooga for about a year 
and was looking for other stuff to do. And he was like, well, you know, he mentioned the volunteer stuff. And I was like, heck yeah, yeah, I'd be more than happy to do that stuff. I need other stuff to do. And he said that, well, they're having a table at Epicos Comic Shop, which was also in Hickson where I lived, and they needed somebody to run the table. So I was like, yeah, I'll do that. Spend all day in a comic book shop talking about a convention? Heck yeah. And then, you know, he told us about the guests that they were having that year. And then, you know, I didn't know it then, but now I know it, you know, shortly afterwards that I was technically the first volunteer for Matrotham Con. Brian being the second. Brian being the second because literally after I got done talking to Lee and I left Sprint, I called Brian and was just like, hey man, how would you like to spend all day at a comic book shop with me talking about a convention? And he was like, dude, that sounds dope. And so I told him more about it and then lo and behold the first two volunteers for Matrotham Con. And then, as they say, it's been history ever since. Yeah, and so, like, I was still living in Nashville at the time mm -hmm. when all this was going on and everything like that. And pretty much, I got you and Brian, like, kind of, well, you mostly kind of wrote me in, like, the last day. Well, you didn't oh, wrote yeah. me in, but you were just like, hey, we need some help. And I'm like, hey, yeah, I ain't doing shit this weekend, so I'll go help out a con. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um... Like, but, um, like, for all the time that, like, I wasn't there, what were you guys doing before the first year to kind of get the name out there and well, stuff Well, I like mean, that? for the most part, we're, we were doing what we're kind of doing now, but on a kind of a lesser scale because we didn't have as many people. Let me take a sip. Mm -mm. That sip we is didn't... brought to you by Rolling Rock. No That's... way sponsored. <laughs> not, not officially sponsored by Metropolitan Con. Um, but... Uh, for the most part, it was going to like small steps, local comic book shops, business around the area, and then branching out to going to different conventions and doing like fan tables and stuff like that. And just really talking to people about the convention. And, you know, and, you know, at the time, my passion started building up because I've always been passionate about nerd stuff oh yeah you know i've always had yeah, a soft me, spot that's how many you became friends exactly like i've always had a soft spot in my heart for superheroes and the stories that they told and i mean i grew up with the 90s x-men animated series i grew up with justice league and Fuck superman yeah. and the 90s batman animated series you know i was in the prime time for nerdy tv shows not dissing the 80s with he-man transformers all that fun stuff that was amazing but the 90s really started kicking off yeah because... with animated nerd shows because like if anybody talks about like an animated batman series they talk about the one in the 90s yeah if anybody talks about an X-Men series. They talk about the one in the 90s. Not I mean every kid that reads the every kid that's from the 90s or that was born in the 90s when they read a Batman comic and the Joker's in it, you read it in Mark Hamill's voice. Yeah, you think about Mark Hamill's laugh and you think about Mark Hamill and then you think about Kevin Conroy, I think uh, yeah, is his last Kevin name. Kevin Conroy. You think about him as the Batman. Fun fact. You know what it, I mean? Fun fact, Kevin Conroy Kevin Conroy in acting college, his roommate was Robin Williams. 
Dude, that is amazing. Yeah. I did not know that. I would love to talk about Kevin Conroy and his interaction with Robin Williams because I love Robin Williams. Oh, I do too. And like, you know, a couple of months ago, I, it was put on me to do a top five stand-up list. I wanted to put Robin Williams on the list. Yeah. And me and Kat went into this a little bit, but pretty much the reason why I did it is I was very strict on not putting comedians who either stole or took bits from other comedians. Mm -hmm. Robin Williams was notorious for that, but but the scene that Robin Williams came up in stand-up, everybody did. Like, you would be in the back, you'd be like, hey, can I do this bit tonight, and you do this yeah. bit tonight, you know? Yeah. The only difference between, like, someone like Robin Williams and someone like Carlos Mencia is that was Robin... the fact that you can't judge the two, man. You well, can't Robert, compare. Well, Robert, when, like, he would be on HBO, he would actually buy the um, stand-up material from some of the people that he took. And then and Carlos like Mencia that. would just literally steal it. Yeah. His uh, nickname in the comedy clubs was Carlos Mencia. Yeah, that, yeah, I get that's, that. That's like that's not. Even but then, me of course, a joke. like you can't in in just the stand up aspect, you could kind of compare them. But then, outside of the stand up aspect, well, you I mean, know what even I mean? like Robin Williams set a name for himself. Robin right. Williams was Genie, Patch Adams, uh, Professor in Goodwill Hunting. You know what I mean? Like he Robin was, uh, Williams made he a was a name. professor of literature in the uh, Dead Poet Society. He Good Morning Vietnam. Like Robin Williams made a name for himself in that kind of aspect. I actually, Carlos Mencia did his stand up, had Mind of Mencia, went on a Dave Chappelle kind of rant. But even then, you can't judge him with Dave Chappelle because Dave Chappelle did two seasons, and those two seasons still hold up to this day compared to anything that Carlos Mencia did. Yeah, absolutely. But no, Carlos Mencia is my, like, I don't even like to call him a stand-up comedian yeah. because he never came up with a bit on his own. Yeah, it was always just stuff that he took. You and know, I mean, not... like, that's one thing that comedians do is that they take what they see in society and then bring it into their jokes. But he was literally sitting in the back of clubs <laughs> yeah, dude, and he just, was like, just rewriting shit, word, man. It words was terrible. here and there. Yeah. Um, one movie that I have to stress because I talk to a lot of people about Robin Williams and one movie that I don't hear about the most is Bicentennial Man. Uh, Bicentennial Man was great. There's one, there's like one really sad movie. I cannot, the only re I like to block it out of my mind because it was a really bad movie. Was night it like me. the one where he was a photographer? No, it was the one like where like, you know, he like dies and go to goes to purgatory oh no 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 he dies and goes to heaven, heaven and his wife finds his kids and, and his then goes and then tries to find his wife turns out his wife killed herself is in hell and then he goes to hell with one of the what angels i forget uh if mark was here he'd be able to tell us but he's taking care of the little did one. i tell you my story behind that fucking movie but I know which movie you're talking about because Cuba Gooding Jr. I'm looking that up right now. Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, played the angel that brought him to hell. Turns out it's it was son. his son the entire yeah. time. And that dude, that one, look, he's number five in IMDb. 
uh, watch. We're going through, but I'm going to continuously what talk. Dreams what dreams may come? What dreams may come. That's what it was. Yeah. What dreams may come. Dude, that, that was a fantastic I, movie. That, no, did I ever tell you my fucking story behind that movie? No, you did so not. So it was like right around, like I graduated high school and Blockbuster was going under, you know, like they were having like, you know, rent one movie, get one rental free. Yeah, that's right. Like that. And I had started dating a girl who we were very serious and everything like that. And we were like, mm-hmm. well, we've never done this part of the relationship. Just like rent a couple of movies, go home and watch them. Yeah. So like, we're just like trying to find lighthearted, just like easy. And to then watch you think movies. what dreams may come. I just see Robin. <laughs> I, just see, I just see Robin Williams <laughs> on the and screen. Then you get what dreams may come. <laughs> and then it turns out it is not <laughs> a lighthearted movie <laughs> at, at all. Oh. So oh, yeah, dude, dude, I'm thinking that like maybe I'm gonna get some this fucking night. And no, five, it's so depressing. Five fucking minutes into the movie, my girl just starts crying, like bawling, right? And she didn't stop until Look, 15 I'm just minutes going after the to movie. Say that like yeah. if you did get some that night and you were sad fucking like that's, that, that's no. bad. That is not a healthy relationship. But yeah. look, let me bring it back to B- Bicentennial Man. Yeah, for sure. Bicentennial Man is hands down one of the most underrated movies that Robin Williams has done. Mm-hmm. Let me give you a gist of what happens. Robin Williams is plays an android. This is set in the future to where robots are a thing. He's the newest android on the market to be like an android butler. Or a robot butler. He's just straight up a robot. And what a lot of people don't know about Robin Williams is that he was a huge nerd. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, like, I mean, Nanu Ninu. I mean, he started his career in the nerd kind of realm. But Bicentennial Man, he starts out as a robot. And then he helps out this family. And then he starts to evolve with his programming. And then helps out the family even more uh has a relationship with the daughter of the family then grows older and then starts to wander the world finds this scientist or robot mechanic to help him trance to be a human Mm. and then he goes back to the family finds the daughter of the daughter that he had a relationship with and then or a bond with and then falls in love with that daughter it's a movie and then that just he gradually it's there's oh. so much feeling behind it and bicentennial man for robin williams is hands down the most underrated film that he's got but it's like I compare it up there with like patch adams and goodwill hunting did you ever watch with, world's greatest dad World's Greatest Dad. No, that's a good one. Yeah. That is a very good one. I actually, I said, Angriest Man in Brooklyn was his last film that he did. World's Greatest Dad. Awesome. I, I, my mom picked that up and we accidentally watched that together. Yeah, you no, know? that's a really, really good one. Yeah. So, like, I'm having to just, like, like not even look at my mom, the part where his son accidentally kills himself with auto asphyxiation. Yeah. I think that's how you say it. Yeah, that's auto auto asphyxiation. Auto asphyxiation. Yeah. Yeah. But um. So yeah, I'm number two in Matroth of God. Yeah. 
Oh no, dude. That's that's how I got started with it. I know we went on this ramble with Robin Williams. I can talk all day about Robin oh, Williams. Oh, dude, but he's that's, one of my personal But that's heroes. how I got started yeah. with Metropolitan. And, you know, it's just been uh, uh, just one show after the next. I loved our first convention. I think I got that guy. Um, I went to, you know, the first show. That's where I got you on. And you killed it, by the way. The first show, dude. I still you like, killed it. I still have trouble like accepting the praise that I get. No, nah, dude, because like yeah. you freaking killed it. Like afterwards, suck. But during the show, <laughs> during the show, man, like nah. I mean, you killed it. You, I mean, like, dude, Jason Douglas, dude, voice yeah. of Beerus, like voice of Alkichi. Yeah, dude, like Breaking Bad, Sin City. He called you out. You were with Mag- me. I was with you on the what's it? Escalator. Escalator. I was with you going down. He was going up, and he called you out by name, bro, because you set an impact to him. Yeah. So much that he remembered you. Like, granted, like, Magic City got him, like, two months after our show. Yeah. And, but he called you out by name, Dude, bro. how close was I to tears after we walked away? Dude, like, <laughs> no joke, I had to buy you a drink afterwards, because yeah. you were just like, oh my god, dude, oh my god, what what the fuck? Yeah, and, for anybody that listened to this episode and not previous episodes, Jason Douglas is my all-time favorite voice actor. Yeah, man, and yeah. he called you out by name, and he would probably still remember you to this day. Like, if he ran into you, he'd be like... What's up, man? He may not remember your name, or he would. I mean, like, you know, I don't know him, but, like, Dude, he like, called we, you out by the, the, name. The craziest thing about that, what people don't understand, is, like, people, like, when I tell them story, it's like, oh, you guys must have hung out, like, a lot during the first year. I had a five-minute no, conversation no, with this dude, guy. No, dude, like, no, you just hung out with him, like, periodically through the three days that we actually had the convention, and you left an impact on him to where he remembered you during magic city con which was awesome he came by the table later on took pictures chatted with you for a while chatted with us for a while and jason douglas is a is an angel oh yeah Yeah. jason douglas you're freaking awesome i barely had any contact with you i'm not gonna get butt hurt too much at the fact that you don't remember my name i was all over the place that first year like you know the reason why you remembered right who i was because i told him like a very personal story yes about how he literally made me and one of my roommates cry with one of the the song yeah with yeah. The, the farewell to arms song yeah uh, one piece one piece yeah yeah no his character in one piece his, his nickname is alkiji i can't remember his real real name but everybody just calls him out like you hear his real name maybe think twice in the entire yeah. sh- in the entire show and I was also really mad because the sign we had for him didn't have Alkichi on it. And I was like, these fucks. <laughs> <laughs> these fucks. What are you doing? Yeah. Cause, uh, he's yeah, like, now you get to yell at Mark about that. Oh, dude, I've yelled at him a couple Mark, times. Mark, what the fuck are you doing? Mark, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I want to go a little bit, like, before Matrotham, if that's okay with you. Yeah, me. that's fine. Yeah. Um, so, our, like, my experience with, like, just getting into Matrotham and before the actual show, or... No, we're gonna go, we're gonna go, before like... Before any of this We're happened. gonna go, like, around the time that I first met you. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, the round, around the time that you first met me, I was working at a used car lot in mm-hmm. East Nashville. Yep, I remember that. No, working I remember that. for... 
a okay boss, huge son of a bitch, and um, I was really getting into comics at the time. I relaunched my love for comic books. Because when I was younger, I collected Yu-Gi-Oh cards, Pokemon cards, comic books, and then uh, when I lived in Florida, my house got hit by Hurricane Charlie. Damn. And so I got a lot of my collection ruined to the point to where it was just non-salvageable or savage. So that just kind of like really took you out and of it, right? It, 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 it took me out of it for a little bit. And so, and then at that point I was in middle school, puberty kicked in, you know, I was mostly, you know, I got into music, I play guitar, and so I mostly got focused on music and other stuff and girls and stuff like that. Then, you know, I, you know, around this time I was like 23, 24, and, you know, I was in a stable relationship, I had a good job, and... Um, one of my neighbors actually, um, Phil Parkerson, I'm calling you out, buddy. I hope you watch this. I'm going to send you the link, but he kind of reignited my love for comic book collecting because he was in, you know, he's an older gentleman and he has long boxes on long boxes of comic books that he's collected and, oh, excuse me. You're fine. Excuse me again. (laughs) And he kind of reignited my love for the nerd stuff because that's what we talked about you know it was around the time the marvel movies were coming out dc was coming out with new stuff and so i started comic book collecting again and uh rick's comic city nashville shout out to you guys. oh dude that they're place amazing. is fucking awesome they're, i remember the first time you took me there yeah man like, they're amazing and they shit. got a new spot now really um where they were at do you know the other strip where the yeah. tattoo and the brewery were, they have the corner spot, so they have like uh, twice the size yes. of what they had beforehand. Dude, like everything comic book wise or everything nerdy that I got in Nashville, I got from Rick's. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's where I went. I got my first, you know, like hold box. I would spend about fucking 60 bucks a week oh, on bro, freaking yeah. comics plus more oh, if dude, I my, found pops or statues and stuff like that. My roommates used to give like me that. so much shit because I would, I would be like having trouble eating but I'd be spending like $80 <laughs> yeah, dude, a week on comics. Yeah, dude, you'd be coming home with stacks <laughs> of comics, bro. Yeah. And I mean, hell, that's how we became friends. Uh, I mean, like we were kind of friends. If you want to tell it, yeah. yeah, go ahead. So like... I mean, when I moved to Nashville, I was really not in the best of places as far as, like, that's the main reason I moved, because I was just like, I knew I needed- You needed to get into new space. I needed new space, I needed a new change of scenery, I needed new friends. Not that all my friends that I had in Ringgold were bad, they weren't, but I had a couple that were really bad, like, especially with flight- my mental health yeah. and everything you like that. You needed to emphasize the fact that you needed a new you needed a new headspace. You needed yeah. somewhere to find who you were. And so for like I had told Brian I told Brian like a month before I moved to Nashville that I was interested in I was interested in moving to Nashville, like moving in with him and Alec and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And I came to visit a couple times and like you were always busy the nights and they they were like they literally told me they were like we have this one friend as soon as you two meet it's gonna be like fucking that like you guys are gonna be tight you guys are gonna be close like it's gonna be great and so um i moved here and you met me a week before my birthday 
which is a Jan- yep. which is January twenty fifth. And me and you were talking, and like I remember, it's like one of Ben and Brian's proudest moments because like they were just like in the kitchen. It's like oh, they fucking love each other. <laughs> they fucking love each other. <laughs> and so like, well, I also think it was around the time that Doctor Strange was coming came into films or was coming well, out. And I told you that Doctor Strange was always my favorite. That's actually yeah. where my nickname on the show comes from is Doctor Strange. Like on the yeah. live shows, and Dr. stuff. Dr. Like Hodgepodge. Dr. Yeah. Hodgepodge. And, um, but like, I just like slightly mentioned to you, I was like, yeah, he's kind of really hard to find, but like, I really love anything that Dr. Strange is in. And lucky for me, Dr. Strange just came out with a new comic stream around so, that time. So, like, I literally met you once, and we all met at the poorhouse for at my the- birthday. JB's Poorhouse in JB's Hermitage. JB's Poorhouse, yeah. We met at the Poorhouse for my That birthday. was the spot, bro. I'm just saying that right now. That was oh the my spot God. back in Hermitage, it's bro. so like... Oh, dude. A sports bar, nothing but soon... wings and beer, and it was just an epic spot. And so, like, you showed up, and you just, like, literally plopped down, like, something in front of me, and I was like, yo, what is this? And you were like, dude, it's your birthday. It's your birthday gift. And, like, I hadn't... Like, even from my own parents, like, my parents, like, would give me money and shit like that for my birthday. But not, you know, like, actual they, they gifts. Don't know, they don't know what I'm into anymore. Yeah. yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, and so, like, it had been, like, the first time in, like, six years someone had just gotten me, like, something physical for, like, <laughs> Wow, I actually didn't know yeah. that part. And so, like, I was choking back tears, man, because I was just like, I met this dude a week ago. And he went out and just dropped money on my birthday. Because you're just that kind of guy. You're very sweet, very caring, unless someone gives you a reason not to. Yeah. yeah. And, um... Well, I mean, man, I mean, if you're a friend, I'm going to get you a gift, man. I'm going to try to get you something and, that's... Uh, that's why I love birthdays and Christmas, you know what I mean? Because, yeah. like... And then I'll, for your birthday the next year, I got you some of the Transmetropolitan stuff. Which I was really excited. I still have that to this day in, like, yeah. mint condition. And I've read a couple of it, like, but, you know, especially with gifts that people give me, I try to keep it as near especially if it's a collectible i try to keep it as near yeah. mint as possible but i still have those books yeah because i because like i didn't know what you were into really at the time because you're like you're into like a lot of things when it comes to comics and stuff yeah like that. i mean you know anything that catches my interest but we're talking about you for your but, birthday but yeah so like you literally came in you plopped this stuff down and it was three doctor strange comics like doctor five strange. It was five. That's it right. Was five. It was it five. Was it was first, the first five. It was the first five issues yes. that came and out. I still have those. Like, like, still have those mint condition at my house right now. Like, in a place where, like, my parents and dogs cannot find them. <laughs> so, like, like, I'm literally just, like, I'm so touched when this happened that I'm literally, like, choking back tears. And within five minutes, you have me fucking bawling, but just because I'm laughing so goddamn hard, I can't catch my breath, because you do this impression of... Oh, okay, like, yeah. look, let's just cut, let's just rip off the Band-Aid. I do a retard 
uh, impression really hardcore. I learned it from my father. Not proud of it, but I learned it from my father. And I told the story about how I acted like that at my friend's business because we had a friend there that showed up that was a mutual friend of Brian and Ben. And then turns out we knew each other in the past. We had the same friends and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but yes, I had you rolling your fucking. Oh, not ass just me. Off. First off, it was the entire goddamn. It was the table. entire table. Yes. Yeah. And it was funny because I even had the other tables kind of laughing or just looking in fucking disgust as they were like, "You're going to <laughs> hell. Yeah, like, You're going to hell with your impression." <laughs> but it was spot on, and it was funny as shit. And but yeah, I mean that started our uh, that truly started our friendship was right there and also like to the people out there this isn't the first time i've worked under you it's not it's not yeah Yeah. you were my assistant manager for papa murphy's at a time and uh i remember the (laughs) the one time that you bucked up to me i don't even remember because i showed up late you will remember this i showed up late from my break i took like a two and a half hour break and then i came back I'm remembering this. i came back and you came up to me and was just like dustin i'm not mad but why did you take a two and a half hour break you can't do this to me and then part of me was just like motherfucker i am the manager what are you doing but i didn't go with that first part because the second part was really easy i just presented the engagement ring that i just went through a two and a half hour session getting oh yeah and then i was just like and then you're just like oh yeah no that's fine forget what i just said (laughs) forget what i just said forget that i'm just totally the biggest dick of your anything yeah like no joke you came at me with like this like this brute force buck daddy kind of vibe (laughs) just like in front of the employees too they all came in the back they were all bitching they were just like why and as soon as I pulled out that ring, everyone in the store was just like, okay, never mind. That's, <laughs> yeah. so, that's so cool. That's and then, so like, they, you know, we had the girls behind us and they were like, oh my God. And I'm just like, okay, yeah. I don't feel yeah, like a dick that or just, anything that right just, now. That just made up for because, that moment. Like, but yes, yeah, you were my assistant manager at Power From Every Season. The, that only, was the, one the time. only reason, the only reason that fucking happened was because. The manager who was a manager at, at the Mount Juliet store before you, like, she used to do that shit all the fucking time. And she did it because she's much better now. I'm not going to say her by name, but she was pilled out. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, she's doing great in life now. Great for her. Good for everything, her. Like everything. We're still friends. You fucking pill head. Good for but, you. But, yeah. You found Jesus or whatever. Yeah. But that, um... And so, like, they were like, Justin, you can't let this happen to us again. And I was just like, because I was her assistant manager, too. Yeah. And so, and so you just had that vibe about me coming in, you know, because I didn't plan on it taking that long. I, I also, I didn't want to do it because me and you were such good friends, but I kind of knew I had to. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
And no, I get that. Yeah, but as soon as you pulled out the engagement ring, I was just like, it just Fuck made yeah, it just made total sense because I, like, I would okay, never do yeah. that just for the fuck of it. Yeah, you know what I, I was mean? just like this motherfucker because man. I had to go in there do this, and then I had to have a co-signer, and then Heather was my co-signer. Yeah, and so I had to wait for her to come to the jewelry store to sign the paperwork and that was like a half hour process just her traveling to me at the time and so but i just loved your reaction like as much as i wanted to just be like motherfucker who the hell are you talking to oh and i would have come back i i had to like, i you know i i was just like or, this yeah. this will be enough and yeah. i pulled out the ring and then you were like Yep, that's okay. My bad. That's my, my bad. bad. Yeah. That's I I completely get it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I completely understand. I was actually there the night, and also you just got married, but I was actually there the night you proposed. I uh, yes, you were there the night that I proposed. That was a very I embarrassing. Was really fucked up. I was also fucked up. That was a very <laughs> embarrassing night. Um, Why? She pretty much knew beforehand because <laughs> yeah. I was very non-suspicious about it. And, um, and then of course, when I went to the bathroom and then I hear 10, 9, 8, 7, I, it was New Year's Eve. Oh, excuse me. And I was proposing on New Year's and then I fall up the stairs <laughs> trying to get to Kayla. And then when I present the, after I say like, I love you so much. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And I get down on my knee and I present her the ring. And then she says what all the men love to hear. <laughs> oh, look at you. <laughs> and then I look back at her. I'm drunk. And I'm just like, Really? That's what you gotta say, and then she just looks at me and gets and she's like, "Get your fine ass up!" And then she puts the ring on. She gives me a kiss, and it's history ever since. But yes, you were there for the moment that I actually proposed to my now wife, uh, Kayla, and and she's not necessarily the biggest fan of a lot of the nerd stuff very into wonder woman just because she's a very strong woman herself. Well, i mean like she's not but, like really nerdy about like things like that we're nerdy about but well, when it that, comes like to typical nerd stuff, stuff like you know that. oh yeah fashion yeah. and stuff like that betsy johnson if you ever listen to this you have a die hard fan with kayla lady gaga you have a die hard <laughs> fan with kayla I got her tickets to your Cleveland show a few years back, and she cried the entire time. But nerd-wise, I mean, she's into horror. She's into certain shows. She definitely loves Park and Rec. She loves Wonder Woman just because of the strong woman aspect. But as far as, like, strong comic... Strong woman. Yeah. Strong but, woman. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as, like, comic book-wise, she's not... And anime-wise, she's not necessarily into that. Like, there's a couple animes that we've watched together that she actually enjoys. Personal um, anime she enjoys. Um, she was into uh, Full Metal Alchemist. She was into that I've been at trying the time. To get my, I've been trying to get Alec to watch that show for fucking years. 
Dude, she was into it. And, yeah. dude, if you've never watched fucking Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, not the regular Full, Fe- uh, Full Metal Alchemist, but if you never watched Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, you need to fucking watch that show. We that is an amazing show. We literally That's got my s- all-time favorite fucking anime of Me all too. times. Me fucking too. Yeah, dude, Brotherhood, yeah. hands down. All-time favorite anime. I can watch that any fucking day of the week. Like, I know I grew up with, like, Dragon Ball Z, Yu Yu Hakusho, Outlaw Star, Roroni oh Kenshin, yeah. and Gundam, and I still love those shows, but Full Metal Alchemist, like, the regular Full Metal Alchemist got me into it, but then when Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood came out, that's what... Ugh, the animation sank style. me. The animation style, the storytelling, like the character I love Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, oh my god. And some of the twists that they like, took, like the the only thing that I'll say bad about the show is they took out my favorite character from the original series, which I don't really I'm not really mad about because it he really doesn't make the show make sense. And it was the p- person in the first show who was Wrath. And you know how, like, in the first show, the homunculus, they were failed human transportation Yeah, the homunculi, yeah. And so, Wrath was the failed human transportation of Ed and Al's teacher. Yep. Yeah. And so... It like, wasn't the actual, like, uh... Fuck. What? Uh, what's the head of the Alchemy Corps' name? Like, what's his You mean position? the head of the military? Yeah. He's... He's a uh, Colonel Fear. He's Colonel. He's Bradley. Colonel. Yeah. Okay, Colonel Bradley. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't Colonel Bradley because Colonel no, Bradley. Fuhrer Bradley. Fuhrer Bradley. Yeah. Because Fuhrer Bradley is Wrath in Brotherhood. Yeah, and he's so fucking cool in Brotherhood too, dude. Like, he's, he's so, so good. Cool. And then what's funny is that his son is Pride. Yeah. And his Sadistic son, little fuck. His son is, I, in my opinion, is more powerful than Wrath. Oh, he's the most powerful homunculus. Yeah, because father. he's literally like the reincarnation. He's pride. He's the reincarnation of the ego of the father. Yeah, he's the closest thing, closest thing that resembles. My favorite was my favorite in the first. Of the monkeyless besides wrath was always greed. Greed, yeah, no, greed, greed was my favorite. Um, I mean, I love wrath, I love pride, but greed was my favorite just for the simple fact that he was able to overcome his greed. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then for me, it's greed, wrath, or it's greed, pride, wrath, then envy. Mine is greed, then lust and gluttony. How did you know that? I'm just, I'm just really good at that. How the fuck? We never I'm talked about this. I'm just fucking really good at it, man. Dude, I just love gluttony with just like, you know, can I eat him? Can I eat him, please? Can I please eat him? Yeah, and also- He like, looks so delicious. I need to eat him. I'm so hungry, Lust. Please. Uh, and like, dude, like when, um, my favorite scene probably in Brotherhood is when Mustang kills Lust. Oh, that's yeah. such a great oh, my. fucking scene, dude. Dude, when oh, like, Lust Al- just when goes Al- after it, man. When, when now, Alphonse one is, thing. When Alphonse is just protecting Hawkeye, and he's just like, I'm not going to let anybody else now, I love die. And then you just hear Mustang in the background, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah. And he carved his transmutation circle in his hand. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing that I wish they would have left in from the Full Metal Alchemist series 
is that lust was actually like a reincarnation of Mustang's first love. No, that wasn't it. She was the re- she was the failed human transmutation of Scar's brother's wife. But there was a no. There was a there was she a connection. She looked like her. There was a, a she looked like Lust Mustang's first, first love. love. Yeah, but they didn't touch on that in Brotherhood. They touched it in the regular Full mm-hmm. Metal Alchemist series. Well, that well, like when they got to that point, it was like one of those things. Like Japanese anime, like when they catch up to the anime especially in the old days they don't really do this anymore that's why we're having to wait so long on the next season of my hero academia but um they would just write their own shit with how they thought yeah. the show was gonna go on yeah. that's why you got now characters i that, just like, i just rap. wish they would have kind of kept that i mean don't get me wrong the story in brotherhood is amazing but i think yeah. that that was a cool tie-in it was and because mustang had a hard time dealing with lust because it looked like somebody that he loved it also no wait no wait no wait um the woman that lust was a failed transmutation of in the original show mustang killed her like you remember that scene in Brotherhood where, like, you know, oh, they have like this shaky thing yeah, with that yeah, kid yeah, and everything yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, in the okay. original show, that was, but it was lust. something. Yeah, okay, but it was yeah. something that Mustang kept true to his heart. Yeah, and that was that's what I took from it when I first watched it. Of course, it was years ago, and I've rewatched Brotherhood, but I haven't rewatched the regular full. The way I tell series. people to watch it who have never watched it: watch the first half of the original show and then watch the second half of brotherhood yeah cause because then that's where out, it branches off because you miss out on a lot of things in brotherhood that are in the yeah manga. because i mean in freaking full metal alchemist like the dude that uh made his daughter uh a chimera mm-hmm. he becomes a chimera mm-hmm. well that's but not, they don't show that yeah, in brotherhood well that's also not in the manga it's yeah, one of those things exactly because like brotherhood was like just like a direct show from the manga mm-hmm and there were cool things about the original Full Metal Alchemist that I kind of wish were in Brotherhood. Like but I'm also happy the same fact that it's not just yeah. because Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is just like I loved pristine, I loved Shen. I love like all those characters that came over. From, oh, all from the East. Yeah, yeah, no, all those characters were amazing, man. Yeah, the one chick who straight up cuts her arm off to fuel to to uh, full wrath. Yep. Yeah. Like, yeah oh. no dude that scene oh man the diehard servant for the prince of the east yeah oh dude yeah i forget her name but and no, also the whole thing with scene. like shin becoming greed because they put greed stone in shin that entire like conflict oh between yeah shin and greed. with shin and greed that's where yeah. sh- that's where greed uh, actually finds humanity yeah was within and then he separates from him to try to help shin towards the end dude that that shit right there like the whole scene the whole scene soul, where like dude. where like gluttony has him like pinned down and like ed now try to run over he's like no you son of a bitch i want this yeah I exactly want this for my country. Yeah. yeah dude yeah and God. uh full uh, of brotherhood it fills up so many uh, emotions my uh spoiler alert Right now. Oh, dude. Just everybody. for your uncensored uh, Metrothamcon status, um, we actually have an interview with Vic Mignon, who was the voice of Edward. He that will is be... my second favorite voice actor. And yeah. that will be coming up soon. 
in the Metrotham tonight. We're actually stuff. we're actually trying to get him. That's to do just this a glimpse. Too. Though now, yeah. don't get me wrong. Vic is actually technically the last episode that we did. We got three other people ahead of him, so make sure to tune in for more Metrotham Con tonight kind of stuff. Yeah, but all right. I just love people like especially voice actors and everything that put all they are into the show because I don't know if you know you guys might have talked I don't really know what you guys talked about but Vic is a devout Christian yeah that's kind of like where he got we didn't talk about Christianity too much because especially with these kind of interviews we try to steer away from politics and especially since you know he went through this whole sex scandal and stuff like that we Mm -hmm. steered away from that but of course with the interview that we actually give you it's pretty lighthearted. we mostly talk about um, his Star Trek stuff yeah because he was doing the star trek show well he uh he made his own show i'm not a huge star trek guy so i don't really know i'm not a huge star Star trek guy either but you know i dive into it just for the fact that i love science fiction but what he did was is that when star trek the actual series ended with william shatner and you know leonard nimoy it it ended at a weird spot and then after that they started doing movies Mm mm-hmm and then the in the first movie like Wrath of Khan and stuff yeah, like that. in the first movie of Star Trek, they were all in different spots and it was weird and they all came back together. What Vic did was make a season that explained why where they left off with the last season and why they ended up where they were in the first movie. Yeah, like and it's it's excellent. It's perfectly done. They did a fantastic job. Their set is amazing, and so we started mostly talking about that, and then also, he is the narrator for the newest Star Trek book, Beyond the Voyages, if I'm not mistaken, if that's the book title, and he's the narrator of it, and then also, in that same aspect, um, he gets people from the actual show to read memoirs and messages that were put throughout the show, and like, say there was a memoir from Leonard Nimoy R.I.P. They actually got his son to come on and read the memos that he did and then uh, the lady that played Aurora they got her relatives to come in and read the memos of that. They've actually got the dude who actually played Hank McCoy to come in and read the memos of that. And then the producers and, you know, screenwriters and everything to come in and read their own memos. And it's not Vic reading the memos. It's the actual people or relatives of people reading the memos, which is actually pretty awesome yeah. on Audible. Two things about Vic Mignogna. Like, I said the whole christian thing and everything like that i've said before on the show i'm an atheist stuff like that but mm-hmm. my closest friends are all religious i don't think we've actually really had a conversation about this this might be an off mic type of deal but oh but, no uh, we've never had a conversation about religion and it's not saying that i'm an atheist or whatever but i don't necessarily believe in like a god you know what yeah. i mean I believe that there's energy in people and that energy is dispersed once we pass away. But 
I don't necessarily believe that there's like a heaven and hell and stuff like that. We can get into it as much as we want to. But yeah. one thing that I like about Vic Mignon is that the fact that he's not necessarily like the typical Christian. Well, like what I was going to say is about that video that came out about him a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. Actually arguing with the, the Christian West people. Baptist people. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's... He's all about his religion, and he's all about his beliefs, but he's also all about his business and the people that love him and the people that he loves. And the fact that, you know, there's just these diehard Christians that come out and just be like, oh my god, you're dressing like this, like you obviously need Jesus in your life. And then this dude combats with him with actual scripture and you know yeah. they're just like you don't know jesus and he's just like i know him more than you know him and we will test that right here right now and he's just and, like love not hate and like yeah. it's everybody in the anime crowd to start chanting with them love not hate exactly and, everything like that. and like you know i know that he's going through this scandal right now but i can honestly say from a person that's actually talked to him and I'm just going to put the description right now of the simple fact that, you know, people are actors. These people mm-hmm. that we talk to, they're voice actors, but they're actors. They're people. But they're also people. And as far as I'm concerned, Vic Mignon is a good dude. Yeah. I've talked to him. I've talked to him while we're recording. And then I talked to him after we recorded. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's told Mark that he's interested in doing it uncensored but he doesn't really and i don't blame him. he doesn't want to talk about this stuff neither do i oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. And, and i don't intend to talk about it i Not mean you can read all about it you can watch multiple said, videos on youtube said everything he needs he has needed to say yeah all the information has come out of course you know yeah. if he ever was accused of uh being a white supremacist he would definitely say that he's not no matter how many times he's been asked yeah <laughs> trump okay yeah. that's my only political shit that i'm gonna talk about i'll do right fuck now. trump that's how i am um, but yeah let's just keep it off that but vic mignon in my opinion is a good dude yeah i've met uh monica and she seems pretty swell as well like i don't have anything against her and this shit isn't even about us this is about them and funimation and all that kind of bullshit but in my opinion vic is cool which mm-hmm. brings me back to Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is one of my all-time fucking favorite did I, animes. Did it's I tell you about so when I had Liaris on here? Like, Liaris no. pretty much, like, his like, Liaris met him and everything like that. And this is, this is the quote from the show. Like, I'm not saying anything, but, like, she literally said if all the t- rumors were true, then he would have fucked me that night because I was throwing my pussy at him. <laughs> yeah and you know what's funny is that the night that i did that interview with vic she was there yeah and like she talked and to then him she talked to him and everything and like said that, that. that she's the re- that he's the reason why he she continued to be a cosplayer and i heard that it like teared him up a little bit yeah yeah, yeah man but yeah. like moving on from full metal Al- alchemist brotherhood there's another anime that's out there that we're waiting for the next season my hero academia 
Oh, I thought you were going to say Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan is on there, but as far as priority goes, my priority is My Hero Academia. My priority is Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan is going to be dope. It's going to be fucking uh, insane. Dude, is the final season. Like, I know I, My Hero Academia is going to go on for a little bit more than uh, Attack on Titan, but Attack on Titan, son, dude, I am so fucking excited for this fourth season coming up. Like, I'm excited for the new season of Attack on Titan. I'm super excited for My Hero Academia, but Attack on Titan, it just like it it hits differently for me. Than oh, it definitely hits Academia. different from My Hero Academia. Yeah, and I think that's why I like it. Oh, dude, it's because it's not your typical like. Uh, excuse me, but it's not your typical. Like, hey, that character that you really liked this past episode, watch him get chomped real quick. Exactly, yeah. man. It's like the Game of Thrones of anime, but like, it's not your typical, like, happy go lucky, like, oh, there's a sad part, but then they all fucking triumph in the end. You know what I mean? No, sometimes they like, just fucking fail. Yeah, like, in my, in, I got Attack on Titan, sometimes they just fucking fail, man. But dude, how they many just years, fail. How many years and did it take Aaron the, to get to that goddamn basement? Dude, the plot twist oh, with, fuck. with Attack on Titan, dude, is insane. Like, the you cannot season. tell me that you did not pee your pants when um what was it aaron and uh well the two other people i've it's been so it's been a while since i've watched aaron Ma- rewatch uh mikasa and armin no no no, no. it's the armor titan and the giant titan uh, and the colossal titan the what when uh these two dudes that are in their group the Armored Titan, the Colossal Titan. Come yeah. up to Aaron and go... We're the Armored Titan. We're the, the Armored Titan Colossal and Colossal Titan. Titan. Like, you couldn't tell me that you didn't pee your fucking pants when I that kinda, happened, dude. I kind of suspected it a little bit just because the Armored Titan had but the same But they just hair. came up all nonchalant. No, just just like, like, oh, yeah, it's kind of just like, guys. hey, I got really fucked up and I actually shit in your... I yeah, actually dude. shit in your garden last night. No, they just like, hey, yo, fourth, I'm not armor tight. I'm fourth, the reason your mom died. Yeah, dude, yeah. with the fourth season, or with the third season, with and the then Beast Titan? To, well, with the Beast Titan, that's definitely involved. I mean, the whole plot twist with uh, the king and like his dad fucking eating the person that is like the a titan of all titans that's able to control titans and everything like that and then finding out that they're actually like they're the australia of the world they're like set in this prison island with the titans and then come to find out that there's a whole another advanced dude, world what, dude what about with fine- airplanes and then when they looked at the picture yeah. and they're like this is a photograph they don't know what the fuck like that's about what about the when they just discovered coffee they're like what the yeah, fuck is this dude, like oh my yeah. god there's so much stuff dude the fucking moment when you realize that when Aaron was a child. He ate his father. He ate his father, bro. Yeah. Like, I'd I'd come to the basement and his father fucking knew everything because he was a part of that world. And then he came back. Yeah, dude. Fuck. There's so much stuff that goes on. Yeah. And My Hero Academia, don't get me wrong, is great. But nothing has set my emotions in a like no, uh, nothing has twist the nips of my emotions more than attack Dude, on titan 
Lay Million versus fucking Overhaul. Okay, now don't get me wrong. That was a very good fight. My tits were, my nips were kind of twisted, but the end of season three of Attack on Titan, where they're on the shore and they fucking go back and they look at the flashback of the dude that ate this Titan that saved this other dude and just talk about Mikasa. It's Aaron's dad. Yeah, and they talk, and the dude that saves him that was a Titan is talking about Mikasa and Arwen and they're just like, who is that? And they're just like, like, I don't know. These aren't my memories. These aren't my memories. And you're just like, what? (laughs) It's like, you're going to cliffhang me on this shit? Yeah, dude, it's freaking insane. And then they're on the show. They're on the shore. Arwen finally sees the sea. And then they realize that there's a whole nother continent whole another world away from where they're at and now it's going to be a battle between them and this other world I'm that's gonna, got tanks and airplanes and guns armored and, like actual armored titans like titans yeah, with dude. actual armor on them. well that's the thing the other side doesn't use titans they use what yeah, they, they do can but it's make. like spec ops no shit. they use what they can make man all the titans are just like prisoners but, they inject people with the blood that can be titans and then inject them and send them over the wall and then they become mindless no, because, titans no because the beast titan and the armor titan work for them No, they don't. Yeah. No, they don't. The Armor Titan works for the Beast Titan that's trying to set a revolution against. He's not trying to set a revolution side. because he is. All right, we need to rewatch this shit. Yeah. We need to talk about it. Yeah. Because but that's. Let's, let's move on to my hero because there's so much speculation. And then every time I guess something in Attack on Titan, I'm always fucking wrong. Like, dead ass wrong. Like, so I've gotten fucking a couple wrong. of them that were actually right. Like, I, I got the Armored and Colossal Titan. I was like, that's the fucking Armored Titan. That's the fucking Colossal Titan. Mm-hmm. I got that part. Uh, everything Ymir? else. Ymir, bro. When she became a little Titan. Dude, when, when it reveals, like, in the first season that Annie is the fucking bro, female Titan. Oh, dude. Like she just like has that fucking weird smile on her face because she yeah, won't go dude. down that tunnel. I'm like, what's going on? No fucking way! No fucking way! There's, it's just so intense, yeah. bro. But okay, my hero, my hero is cool and whatnot. I love the characters, I love the story, I love everything. But it just doesn't have the same effect. Well, dude, I can tell you on one thing got spoiled for me. <sighs> And the next season is about to go into third fucking gear. The third season well, is what's going I also heard about, in. like, because one of our volunteers, Nathaniel, I talked to him around Chattacon of last year, um, which is around the time that the last season ended. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, dude, Midori is going to take a shit in the next season and that it's gonna so go down. So you remember like the last scene of the show is like his windows breaking and like the his like his his quirk is like activating while he's asleep. I'm not gonna completely ruin it. But you can ruin it. All Might and Midoriya are the only people with that had there have been seven counting Midoriya that have had all for one. All Might and Midori are the only ones that were quirkless when they got it. 
Oh, okay. Midoriya is about to receive all five quirks plus all for all for one. Oh, oh shit! All right, I'll catch with you. Now I do have to say something. As as excited as I am about that, what about the newest My Hero movie? Oh, dude, I haven't watched it yet. Let me spoil something for you. What's up? Midoriya gives Bakugo a piece of his hair. Bakugo, oh, fuck, dude. Bakugo gets a piece of one for all, and then they both take down the major villain. Damn. Now, is that going to be canon in the show? Okay, dude. I, I haven't even watched the newest movie. Thanks to Facebook and YouTube and everything like that, that shit was spoiled for me. But of course, it was also spoiled with the movie previously because I never watched that movie either, and I'll still watch it. You know what I mean? I didn't. But like, I didn't like Bakugo until the last season. Fuck. Well, I actually like Bakugo at the ending of the season prior, when Midoriya found his ten percent or whatever, mm-hmm. and then they had a fight. I've really yeah, always. Yeah, that, that's when I started liking him. Actually, I've really always liked Bakugo. Because he's just been this diehard, like, I'm the best, like, let's go at it. And then there's always a time where Midoriya shows up and shits on him. Alright? Because Midoriya, like, don't get me wrong, Midoriya's cool, kind-hearted, a true hero. But without All Might's help, he would just be nothing. Bakugo has always worked his ass off. Because you can say that he's a dick, but he's wor- he's a straight-A fucking student, man. He's worked his ass ass off yeah. in everything that he does. He's straight up the And he, then Midoriya, who's just really kind of hard, who also worked his ass off, was given this blessing from All Might. And then, with the Hero Rising movie, bro, like, I highly, like, we're not gonna do it during this uh, uh, podcast, but I'll show you, because they have the scene where Midoriya gives a strand of his hair to Bakugo, and then Bakugo, since he has a quirk, I guess, is like immediately infused with one for all. Well, because Midoriya and All Might were the same in that aspect, it's like it took them a while to like, because like that's the thing we haven't even seen Midoriya how he translates exactly. One for all. We've seen a little bit of it with his battle with Overhaul, but that was just really because of uh, what's the little girl's Eerie, name? I think Eerie. Yeah, that's because Eerie was able to reduce like reduce his time well, or reverse his no, time. Like it was like reversing all the damage. All the was- damage that he was receiving with doing that, and so we could see a glimpse of what he's capable of at least. A hundred percent, or a million percent, much or whatever like, he does. All the like spirits of the all for one people are about to just say that Midoriya is the chosen one. Yeah, pretty much. Because and, I mean, again, yeah. this is a story about he how he becomes the world's greatest hero. Yeah, not about All Might, not about anybody else. That and was really good to talk about. to talk about Bakuga. Bakuga is pretty much going to be Midoriya's endeavor. Like yeah, you know, the endeavor. The oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hands down. Yeah. And I hope he doesn't turn out completely well, like Endeavor, because Endeavor's th- kind of a dick, especially when it well, comes to I kids. Well, I think that, uh, like, it will be kind of Mindoria's Endeavor, but I think that Bakugo will not be the number two hero. I think that it will be Todoroki. 
Todoroki will hands down be the number two hero, and then Bakugo and Todoroki will either tie for number two or Bakugo will be number three. Because or Bakugo might be a bad guy. I don't think that Bakugo would be a bad guy. I mean, if he was going to be a bad guy, he would have been he a bad guy. He would have done it already yeah, when, when the they brought of him. Yeah, exactly. He would have done it already. And then, because even Midoriya... Because we already know that Bakugo knows about Midoriya's power. He knows about He's literally Midoriya getting Baku, the help from All Might. Bakugo is the on, only person that Midoriya has told. Exactly. Yeah. And that is because they've had such a close... Like, I can say close friendship, but it's a close rivalry. Yeah. Uh, ever since they were younger. That... And like it was really Midoriya just... also feels bad at the same aspect that Bakugo has worked so hard to get to where he's and that's at. That's why he just comes that out he and just tells feels him. like, look, dude, the reason why I'm here because I like you. The reason why I'm here is because I'm All Might's successor. It's not because you know I I'm better than, than, than you. you. I worked harder than you. It's because I'm All Might's successor. It's because I was given this gift. Yeah, you know, and, and Bakugo doesn't take it well at first. He yeah. doesn't, and then he takes it well afterwards because now Bakugo just sees that as a challenge. Well, no, because like Bakugo, like you're talking about, like when him and Midoriya had his fight, like mm -hmm. Bakugo got him and was just like, "I'm so tired of you looking down on me, of you having pity on me." He's like, "I'm your fucking rival, pretty much." Yeah. He was just like, talk shit to me. Yeah, and then Midoriya is just like, I'm not trying to talk shit, bro. I know that you're my rival, and I know that you're better than me, man. Yeah. That's just such a powerful moment in the show, especially. But I also really like My Hero because it's the only thing where I've seen the main character not be a complete fucking moron. Like, the main character is get actually pretty intelligent. I get that. Yeah. Like, even with Attack on Titan, I'm like, Aaron, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You know? Well, you have to bring it back to Yu Yu Hakusho, man. Yu Yu Hakusho was Yu great. Yu Yu Hakusho was great because it's not like the dude was dumb. He was kind of a gangster, but also a good guy. But, like... Well, no, he was he a shithead in the beginning of the show. He didn't necessarily know what the spirit realm was about. But once he got the hold of it, he was able to harness his powers. You know what I and mean? And become the Demon King. And then, I mean, hell, Gundam Wing, man. Hero. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Gundam Wing. Like, he he knew what, what he was, was the about. One, what was the one Gundam Wing show where it was just like they were, they would enter the Gundam and they'd be in that empty room and that, like, suit would go down That is them? Gundam Wing. No, Gundam Wing is the one with Hero. No, what the, what the heck am I wondering about? Uh, because it's the one... Uh, all I'm going to look up is Dark Gundam. Because that's what it was. G Fighter G Gundam. Yeah, Fighter G Gundam. That's what it was. That's what the one with Dark Gundam, which happened to be like the brother of the dude that was like the main dude. But yes, that was my favorite Gundam. Hands yeah. down. When they had the whole bodysuit and they They're were actually like fighting, and then the turns out, out that like that dude's master that was like the main bro turned out to be like an assistant to the Gark Gundam and everything. The dude with like the Gundam with the scarf and was able to make a drill out of the fucking huge scarf and everything. Like that was like my favorite Gundam series. Do you remember a show called Shaolin Warriors? Shaolin Armor War. of Wildfire. Shaolin Dao Warriors on G on WB. Yeah. Yes. Shaolin Warriors was because I watched that right before Jackie Chan Adventures. Yes. Shaolin yes. Warriors was fucking amazing. Shaolin Warriors was 
Excellent, dude. One thing, since we bringing up shit from our past. Yeah. Zoids. Zoids, dude. Zoids, bro. The OG Zoids. There's like a new Zoids out right now it's and it's going on Netflix, but it's not the OG Zoids, bro. Like, I will say it, it's not as good, but... Shaolin warriors of the Shaolin monks. Water, yeah. fire, earth, air. Pretty much like the first. And then they Avatar started the getting Avenger. like, yeah. and then they started getting like treasures to amplify their yeah. powers and yeah. everything. Do you remember a show called Reboot? Oh, that was all CG. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That show was fucking dope, man. Yeah, and they made a reboot of that as they well. Did? They made a reboot, a reboot. Yeah. Did they come out with like season three or what? I don't know. No, they re-completely started it, and I think it was like on Hulu or something. Oh, I need to check that out because I was a really big fan of that. But like, Shal- dude, Shaolin Warriors, dude, I don't Jackie know. Chan Adventures, X-Men Unlimited. Oh, and, X-Men Unlimited was the fucking shit. And uh, Batman Beyond. That Batman was, Beyond. And oh then my Yu-Gi-Oh, fuck, Pokemon, dude. that was all along the same time. Pokemon, that all Yu-Gi-Oh. of that shit came out. I was really into Bleach. Like a lot of my friends shit on me. For oh no, Bleach. I like Bleach. I'm like, re- I'm starting to rewatch it, and I'm to the point to where they're uh, like it was just the end of his final battle with the Counts. Do you wanna know how nerdy me and my ex were? You remember like the closing song to Nobody Knows Who I Really Am. Yeah, don't tell me y'all fucked to that song. No, it was our song though. It was one of our songs. That's <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Oh whatever, man. It's a good song if you listen to the full version. She uh, like goes, bet- she goes between English okay, and Japanese. What abs, bro? But yeah, that was one of them. I'm not gonna say any of the others because all the others are not. Are Versace on the floor? No. Ah! No. Absolutely um, not. But um. But those, yeah, dude. Those are the shows. I mean, like, there's so many shows that I can talk about that like made my fucking childhood. But I like. I remember a pup named Scooby Doo, man. A pup named Scooby Doo. That was like one show that, that I like. So good. I would fight my parents after show. school to watch. Such a good show, bro. Pup named Scooby Doo, freaking. Doug, I know that's Nickelodeon. Rocco's, yeah, Rocco's Modern Life. Hey Arnold. Hey Arnold was freaking amazing, dude. Dude, Hey Arnold's one of those shows that just gets better as you get older, too. Yep. Have you seen the dude that voiced Hey Arnold recently? He's a fox, man. Really? Yeah, no. He's dead sexy. Yeah. Like, for real. I saw Helga, and Helga was pretty cute. Yeah, Yeah. I get him. Freaking Rugrats. Um, Rugrats, bro. Well, I mean, aren't they all like voiced by the same chick? No, no, they're all they're they're. I mean, Tara Strong did voice, I think, Phil and Dill. Yeah, um, but uh, it wasn't all voiced by the same person. Yeah, but dude, another thing, Rugrats is like one of those show where you like as a kid you listen let me to a- it. let me ask you something i'm gonna interrupt up? right now because I, I have gundam on the brain do you remember after gundam wing it was the early 2000s 2002 2003 where they made a gundam series but they were like little gundams it was all cg animated they I want to like, say yes. I want to say Tony. I want to say Brian's brother was really into it that was show. Like little Gundams, and it's not like they had people inside the Gundams. They were just Gundams that possessed themselves. 
That and that sounds familiar. But it I'm was not, little Gundams. I'm not and... completely. Did what? I, did you remember the Transformers cartoon with like the Minitrons? Yeah, I do remember that one with the mini ones. Yeah, yeah. and like they would like they attach. Whole... They would attach to the. Uh, they would attach to the Transformers. Like, yeah, they, get, they like, made a whole toy yeah. series about it, and I collected all of those motherfuckers. Dude, that show was so great. That was like my introduction to Transformers, and then the Michael Bay movie happens. And <laughs> fuck me. Dude. See, my first introduction to Transformers was Beast Wars. Oh, and dude. I know that's not Transformers, but it's transformers yeah but Beast get over Wars, yourself it's transformers yeah get over yourself it's fucking transformers but that was my introduction to transformers and i had all the beast war figures i had not only all the beast war figures but i even had the mcdonald's toys of the beast war figures we're gonna pause this real quick so i'm about to piss my pants oh yeah that's cool all right we're back and we're back Took us a little potty break yeah so we were talking about Gundam and then Reboot and all Reboot, Shaolin Warriors, all that stuff. I'm thinking about ready to go into the movies, man. Movies, alright, let's go. Dude, I don't know if you know this about me, but I fucked up and watched Prince of Egypt like two months ago. And I still like am getting the fucking song stuck in my head. Let like, my people go, go say the Lord. Yeah. So, like, you never watched Prince of Egypt no, before that? No, I did. Like, uh, funny story, uh, you see this right here? That little that little fading scar? Okay. Like, right above my head? How I got that? You know um, how, you know, your school teachers at elementary school told you not to run in the hallways and shit? You ran in the hallways. Fucked yourself up. So, like, me and my friend were playing tag on the way to the bathroom, right? And the way that my elementary school, this is when I was in Hillsborough. Tennessee mm -hmm. and uh, the way my elementary school was like you walk down this main hallway and then like it would like go into like two different hallways and there was like a corner of a brick wall right mm -hmm. so like my friend's chasing me he's right on my fucking tail and like I look back at him to see how close he is to me and then I look back and like I ran smack like dead center into that brick corner and immediately, just out of reflex, my hand went to my head. And so the entire time, blood is just building Spewing. up. No, it's no. I'm not even bleeding yet because I did it so quick before it even started bleeding. That blood is just building up behind my hand. Yeah. And my school teacher is where my second grade teacher, I cannot remember her name, but she is wearing a white turtleneck. And she is just like tugging on my hand, like, come on, baby, you gotta let me see it. I gotta see how bad it is. And then as soon as you let go, it just <laughs> She started screaming, my entire class started screaming, which caused other teachers and other kids to come out in the hallway and they started fucking screaming. Ah! <laughs> yeah. So like I was like I wasn't banned from school for a month, but they were just like, that, that's a lot of emotional damage that your son did on all these different kids and that teacher, so let him heal for a month before he comes back to school. Damn. My mom used to work for this uh, furniture store called Hollick Myers. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you ever heard of it, mm -mm. but... Um, it basically, that's how we wound up in Ringgold. Oh, okay. I because, gotcha. like, she was, like, going to be the new manager, like, district manager over, like, six different stores... And then a year into her training, they filed bankruptcy. And then 
she eventually got her way to Unum. But going back to that, like, um, like I had to go with my mom every day to work. And so, like, what they kind of did for me so I didn't be, be bored out of my mind is I was right – We were, her Hollick Myers was right next to a Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. And so they, like, wheeled in a TV into this dark room because – And they would get movies for movies, you. Movies, games, all that different to shit. To entertain you while yeah. you were uh... – One of those movies was Prince of Egypt. Oh, Okay. I might be an atheist, but Prince of Egypt is still probably my top five favorite movies oh, of all dude. time. Prince yeah. of Egypt was a fantastic fucking it's movie. So it's so good. so Dude, me and my dad good. watched it the other day for the first time together. I was, he was just like, well, what's, what's one of your favorite religious movies? My dad doesn't really know I'm an atheist. And I'm like, uh, the Prince of Egypt. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert, dad. But, um, so... We started watching Prince of Egypt, and I look over, and it's the first time ever where I like look over and see my dad crying at a movie, pretty much. And I was just like, "This is a great movie." Mm-hmm. But funny story about that: there was this dude that my mom had. I didn't know this till later, but like he used to sneak off into that room with me because he would get just like way too high and just like go in there and just like watch movies and shit with me. My mom didn't know about it, <laughs> and she finally caught him in the room. Like, can I can I talk to you out here for one day? She's like, what the fuck? What the fuck are, are you, you doing? doing hanging out with my four-year-old son when you should be, like, stalking the back and shit like that? It's like, I'm just reeking high as of hell, weed, man. like, around <laughs> high him. As hell, man. Yeah, and so, yeah, that my mom had to, like, tell me years later, like, yeah, I had to fire that fucking guy, like, on the spot, pretty much. Because, like, one, it's not it's not a good look to be hanging out in a dark room with a four-year-old, <laughs> like, yeah, pretty much dude. in a storage closet no. of the place. So, but yeah, that's when I first watched Prince of Egypt. I watched Prince of Egypt in the theaters. Really? I saw it in theaters. Dude, I bet that was fucking sick. It was awesome, man. I watched it in theaters. I mean, I watched a lot of DreamWorks earlier DreamWorks. movies in theaters. I mean, like, I remember seeing El Dorado in theaters. That was a fantastic that's one of me, fucking that's, movie. That's dude. one of me and Brian's movies. That's, like, one of the movies I had on VHS. And, yeah, like, dude, El over. Dorado. Road to El Dorado was such a good movie, dude. <sighs> God. Oh, what's he going to think when I'm sitting here like in this state with a god? Lucky god. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky god. Yeah. One uh, of my favorite lines as a kid and as an adult. So that was fucking great. Like, because um, I, I, you know, I just lucked out just being at the time, you know, I watched my first movie I ever watched in theaters was Lion King. I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember. Oh, I don't remember watching it, my pant, but my mom loves telling the story. You know what my favorite? I was three three years old you know what my first movie was what jurassic park in theaters oh man i, was, I never watched it in theaters but i, I did was, watch it on vhs i was seven months old oh my, my, okay my parents well were that one. doesn't necessarily count yeah. i kind of remember well, the king in theaters the but... only reason why i count it is because like one of my parents like favorite stories to tell me because like you know they're like oh what because you know my mom and dad would tell them this they like yeah he was seven months old we wanted to see jurassic park we couldn't get a babysitter he was a pretty calm child so we took him to see him with us and they're like what the fuck is wrong with you taking your seven month old child to a theater to see dinosaurs and shit and they're like oh no he fucking loved it you know this, <laughs> fucking he, loved it, dude. you know you know the scene when the lawyer got eat apparently i st- as a baby started laughing my fucking baby dick off <laughs> yeah <Stupid laughs> yeah so now, that, that's why i count it my yeah. story with 
Lion King is. Oh, my parents are up the front where the bar is and everything like that. And apparently I'm doing like a three-year-old thing. I'm walking up and down the aisles. I'm running down the stairs and everything. And then the trailers hit and I start calming down a little bit watching what's going on. But as soon as Lion King hit and then it was just... And then apparently I just stood... I stood the entire movie. Really? And I just watched. I was fixated on the screen. And I just watched the whole time until the movie ended. Dude, Lion King is one of those movies that my parents fucking hate. Because, really? Because That's like, my mom's all-time favorite movie. Well, it's Lion King and then You Got Mail. Well, it's because like it's Lion King was pretty much t- to me what like Frozen 2 has become to Brian and Jordan. You know, it's just, have you not been over there recently? Like, that's that's the movie that makes Lily calm the fuck down. Oh, okay. So you it's know? the movie that, that's on repeat that they're just like, oh my god. Into the unknown! And they're just like, fuck No, dude, I, I don't really necessarily, I like that song, but like for, for like three weeks, every time I would come in, I would come in right at the intro of like Olaf's bullshit song in that movie. And I'm just like, I've never seen this movie, but after seeing this song, I don't want to fucking watch I don't this movie. Fucking watch this movie. So, but yeah, like my mom and dad, like if I were to, if we were to go over at my parents at any time and just go on Disney Plus and start The Lion King, my parents could re- still to this day recite that fucking movie mm-hmm. because I watched it so many times. But uh, there are like a lot of Disney movies that I'm a really big fan of. Like you know, my favorite is Hunchback of Notre Dame. Saw that in theaters. Oh, uh, I did too. I saw Mulan in theaters. Yeah. I saw Tarzan in, in dude, theaters. Dude, I love dude. Uh, Tarzan in theaters was amazing, dude. Tarzan was such a good fucking Disney movie. So fucking intense too. Yeah, dude. Tarzan, dude, was one of my all-time favorite Disney movies. I actually lucked out. I'm gonna keep talking while you're walking away. But I lucked out, and at the time, I lived in Florida, and then for my mom's birthday present, my mom is such a huge Disney fan, that my dad at the time, or dad at the time, he's still, he's still my dad, dad, but at the time, my while we lived in Florida, my dad got us all annual passes to Disney World. I've been to Disney World like 37 times. I've never been to Disney World. Dude, it's so awesome. I need to go, I know. You need to fucking go to Disney I, World. Like everyone that, but like, one thing me. that they don't have anymore, now it's a Nemo, Finding Nemo show. They had in Animal Kingdom a uh, Tarzan show. And it's where, like, a band played all the songs through the movie. They replayed some of the movie scenes. And there were acrobats, ropes coming down. And, like, Tarzan and Jane swinging on the vines. And then I remember my favorite one. um, We'll take a moment here in a second. My favorite one is when they did Trash the Camp. And uh, Mascot Turk with a freaking mic came out, acted like they were singing the song, and there were these dudes that were dressed up as apes that had, like, dreadlocks, but they had rollerblades on, and they had ramps and stuff in the background, and they were doing, like, flips and shit and everything like that. The first time I saw that show, we were in the front row. I had Turk come down, take a picture with us, and we saw 
everything, dude. All the swinging and everything. And I mean, these rollerblade dudes were like doing ramp stuff and then they had a walkway in the middle and a ramp at the end. So they would roll down, do like a backflip and then come back. There were apes climbing up on these walls and everything. It was a fantastic Disney show. Tarzan escalated that shit so hardcore, bro. But... Let's just take a moment to say about Tarzan. Phil Collins did not have to go that hard to make that. Phil song. Collins did not have to go that hard during that fucking song, but oh, dude, he did that for us. He did that for us, man. And the freaking song that his mom, the don't eight stop mom, your crying. It'll, it'll be all right. Just take my hand and hold it tight. I will protect you from, from all around you. I will be here. Don't you cry. I'm choking up singing it. Like, like no uh. joke, dude. That song hits so hard, dude. Like, what the kids say, that album slapped so freaking hard. Day. And then Trash in the Camp, bro, if you don't remember, in sync. Teamed up with Phil Collins That's during Trash right. in the Camp, yes. bro. Yeah, I remember. Like in sync was on that shit. Straight up showing straight up jazz. Yeah, dude. Part of that song. I know, especially you know, you're from Louisiana too, so you. Oh, that jazz section. Oh yeah, dude. But like freaking in sync jumped on that shit, and like in sync, I mean, was part of my childhood, man. So like they made that fucking shit. Do you remember how how often we used to torment our younger kids because if we made them listen to in sync and the Backstreet Boys and shit, and they're like, "What the fuck is going on with you guys?" Because we did not look like the types that would just love Backstreet Boys. Well, I mean, back in the day when I was a kid, everybody loved Backstreet Boys. All the kids loved Backstreet Boys. They didn't care, man. You know, Backstreet Boys. In sync, Britney Spears, Eminem. Well, back I know when that's a Slim Shady. Yeah, Slim yeah. Shady. I know that was a branch. Yeah, a branch off, but that was around the same time. But dude, do you remember the first time you heard uh, D12? These chicks don't even know the name of my band, but they're all on me like they want to hold hands. I was at the end of elementary school, beginning of middle school in Florida. Because in middle school in Florida, it starts at sixth grade. Oh, that's what it starts here too. No, it doesn't. That's that's what I did. Well, in Georgia, it probably did, but in Tennessee, a lot of them do. Uh, a lot of them do elementary school, or where in Lebanon anyway, they do one to four elementary. Then there's like a preparatory middle school to where it's sixth or fifth and sixth grade, and then middle school is seventh and eighth, and then high school is nine through twelve. That sounds like a lot of extra stuff. I know, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah, because yeah, I'm guessing me and you are the same as like, I mean, elementary school was uh, kindergarten through fifth grade, and then middle school was sixth, sixth through to eighth, and, and then, then high school, school freshman yeah. through senior year. Now, of course, when I moved here, it was I was already in the seventh grade, so I was already in middle school. Yeah. So I didn't have to go through that like fifth, sixth grade process, school, whatever, and then went on to high school. But back on to the movies, uh, Tarzan was amazing. I remember seeing, I mean, hands down, the two best Disney movies, in my opinion, Atlantis and Treasure Planet. 
I those saw are the two movies I've only seen like once. I saw both of those in theaters, and the soundtrack. Oh, the soundtrack to tr- slaps. The soundtrack to Treasure Planet. That's what put Goo Goo Dolls on the map. I don't care about Iris or any of that bullshit. Treasure Planet is what made Goo Goo Dolls, bro. I, did, did I ever tell you I saw Goo Goo Dolls live? Did you? Lead singer was drunk as fuck. Dude, Goo Goo Dolls played the same night that I met Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes. Really? Yeah, I parked at the wrong theater, and it was Goo Goo Dolls playing, and then I had to go to the Walker Theater, where Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith did their I'm still, Jane Silent Bob reboot. I'm still reboot. so jealous that you got to meet those dudes. Thank you yeah. to Sarah, yeah. part of our group. I lucked out super hard, man. I don't know if me I got ever... to meet them, I got to talk to them, and because of the tickets that Sarah had, I also have a copy of the script signed by both of them. And I have a poster of Jay and Silent Bob Reboot signed by both of them. Dude, um I don't know if I've I don't think I've really ever told anyone this, but I mean I've told you that like Kevin Smith, as far as director goes, he's my third favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh, my third favorite behind only David Lynch and Wes Anderson. Yeah, I know it's a weird top three to have, but like Kevin Smith was the reason I started writing again. Like mm-hmm. I wrote a lot when I was a young child. That's mm-hmm. actually how I learned to. My grandmother taught me how to read through the Odyssey and through making me write. And I got stuff you. like that. So, so not only did, was I learning how to write, I was also just like learning how to read. Yeah, like I, w- I knew how to read before I went to kinder- kindergarten. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, because be- again, that was largely in part to my grandmother mm-hmm. and everything like that. But like, I kind of just like fell off it for like years because like I would watch all these movies and I'm just like like all these mainstream movies that I'm like, I'm not, I'm, it's not, I'm not smart enough to write those movies. And also I'm just not, not talented enough. I'm not talented enough to write a music score and stuff like that. And then like, I watched clerks for the first time and I was just like, I fell in love with it. And then I, after I watched clerks, like I found out who Kevin Smith was. And then I watched uh, chasing Amy and then I watched uh, years later. I watched Dogma. Like I Dogma, is such a good movie, dude, man. I haven't watched a single Kevin Smith movie that I didn't like. Bill, you ever watched Tusk? I haven't watched Tusk yet, but I've heard it's great. I've heard it's like it's pretty good, but it's kind of yeah. weird, man. Yeah, I've heard it's, it's like, kind of I've weird, heard it's dude. like Kevin Smith's like weirdest movie because it was kind of like his homage to horror movies. Yeah, like no, it's super weird. Tusk is a crazy fucking movie, dude. But yeah, like listening to Kevin Smith, especially like when he's been like on JRE and stuff like that, has kind of. There's a lot of people that I would consider heroes when it comes to like comedy and stuff like that. As mm-hmm. you know, Bill Burr, Joe Rogan, Tom Segura. Well, look, man, I consider him a hero just for the simple fact yeah. that he did what he wanted to do and nothing stopped him. He, he never, did what he wanted to do. He never abided by any other freaking rule that anybody else said. He did what he wanted to do and he succeeded at it. Yeah. And that's what you, that's what you just have to do in life in general. Let's get yeah. philosophical uh, philosophical for a second. That's what you just have to do in life. You find something that you want to do, you stick to it. It doesn't work out, you keep on fucking working at it. Yeah. That's as simple as it gets. Kevin Smith has never changed his ways. He's never like abided by the typical rule of filmmaking and 
He does what he wants to do, how he wants to tell a story, and he succeeded at it. Yeah, he's great. And he's also he's also a dude that like you know he has Hollywood money, but you would like if you just had a conversation with him, you would never think. Oh, he's humble as shit about it, man. He's great. Like every every interview, he's fucking hilarious. He's just down to earth. And, you know, I watched him when you guys talked. Like, he, you know, some of the shit he said, like, a lot of people would get mad at him for. But I'm like, dude, that's, no, just, just, humor. that's just That's just pure humor. That's just how that. he rolls, man. Like, that shit where it was just... He talks like, about what he feels and how he feels. And if you don't like it, fuck you. That part where, you know, Jason Mewes was talking about how good trying to get internet speeds is. And Kevin's just like, yeah, dude, I've just been jacking it left and right when I've been here <laughs> yeah, last couple days. And you're like, dude, imagine what you could do in a week. And he's like, bro, I'd just be shooting fucking dust at the yeah, end I'd of the week. Yeah, I'd be shooting fucking dust at the end of the week. God, <laughs> I've been jerking off so much. Yeah. And that part of me, it was just like, God, I love this fucking human being. Yeah, I hope dude. I get the opportunity to talk to him one day. Wait I hope him. that they make a live action remake of Treasure Planet in Atlantis. Because that's what they need to do. After Mulan, I don't want Disney to do any really anymore. Well, that's Mulan. You know, they're remaking all the princess shit. I'm really surprised that they haven't done Snow White yet. They've done Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast, Mulan. Oh, you know, Maleficent. What, you know, you what, know, or you know, you know what one of the next movies they're going to remake is, right? What the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Now that I wouldn't mind seeing a remake for. The only reason I don't want it to happen is because like I know especially with like how modern day c- cancel culture is and shit like that, they're about not, being a hunchback. No not just that, but they're not going to call Esmeralda a gypsy and stuff like that. And that's Which the, I think is stupid. It's the I'm entire just, point of the movie. Yeah, that's yeah. literally the entire point is the fact that they're going against the gypsy culture. It's and kinda, then the hunchback is actually has a gypsy mother she had he has gypsy blood in him yeah which is why that he helps with the revolt along with the fact that he was really not treated well by mr frollo because he was a hunchback and but yeah if they if they exit out of that just because of that i mean if anything that's a call to arms for yeah. people that call themselves gypsies yeah. because that's a revolt you know yeah. that's a revolution like what of the gypsy culture in that movie they yeah. win yeah you know it's so, so they, powerful it's a if, powerful movie if, for them yeah exactly yeah. so if they actually go against it i think that they're hurting themselves because of it it's kind of like how i refuse to watch the you know new lion king adaptation i watch it it's not soon, too bad as soon as i heard be prepared wasn't it i'm like i'm not watching this fucking yeah movie. i was yeah. disappointed that be prepared wasn't in it they're like it has nazi overtones stupid. i'm like they're the fucking villains yeah what's wrong with them having nazi things if they're the fucking villains or nazi overtones they're not yeah. necessarily calling them nazis but if yeah. it has nazis overtones like I'm not one to be like, oh, well, it's Nazis, it's fine. You know, no. fuck Nazis, fuck yeah. white supremacy. But they're also but the villains. in the simple fact that it's literally just the story of Macbeth told in lion form. Like, let be prepared be in there. They're the villains they need to represent as villains. And literally just the simple fact that it was just straight up lion face the whole time. That's why I didn't like it. I saw some dude or somebody that actually reinterpreted it as 
a CG format that looked like a realistic lion, but with the adaptation of the actual cartoon face, but made it look like a realistic cat. I think that they should have did that because I'm sorry. They either had lion face or just lying rest or lion resting bitch face the entire time. There was no emotion in the faces of the lion. You can hear it in the voices and that's all good and dandy. But guess what? In the cartoon adaptation, the original Lion King, they not only had the voice actors showing the voices and feeling the characters, but they also had the facial stuff going on with the animation as well. And you could easily pull that off with as much money as they spent on the new Lion King movie. They could have adapted it a little bit better. The reason, like, why it was so important to me is because, you know, I want, when I see a villain, I want it to be a fucking villain, you know? And I mean, Scar yeah. was a villain in that one, but it just, it just didn't but when portray you're the be- same. When you're singing Be Prepared, like, that's the anthem to the villains, man. Yeah. That is what, that is the call to arms for the villains. Like, just the part in the movie where it's, like, the point because you know the actor that played him was a very soft-spoken person most of all like he actually damaged his voice in singing be prepared but the part where it's just like the point that i must emphasize is you won't get a sniff without me exactly and it's just like dude you lose so much of that when you take out a villain song that's like Mm -hmm. like making a little mermaid i mean if anything like they should have done with beauty and the beast beauty and the beast had all the songs in there and then they added some new ones i mean they they added some stuff from the actual broadway show yeah yeah and like add stuff if you want to don't, don't take, take away, away from it. Don't take away from it. I'm not it. as heavy. I don't care about the cancel culture. Like, I mean, there's some things that, like, back in the day that they can get away with that's fine. Yeah. Back in the day. But be prepared. It's you know like what making I mean? A little mer- it's like making a Little Mermaid a live adaptation and taking out poor unfortunate poor unfortunate souls exactly man like that is literally be prepared as the call to arms for the bad guys during that scene that is the musical for the rise of the villains and then what simba is going through with timon and pumbaa that's the transition you know what i mean and and it makes like the scenes where mufasa dies so much more heavier and shit like that exactly and it also makes like the anticipation of the audience like simba's going through this shit but we know that scar has this army and is going through all this stuff and you like you kind of feel that but with just that song be prepared like i don't know why they took that out man i don't know why they took that out it's It's today like i like i like it is my second favorite villain song. Again, my favorite my favorite villain song is Hellfire from Hunchback of Notre Dame because it's just it, it's Hellfire is a very human feeling song. Like you can mm-hmm. relate to Hellfire, especially if you grew up in a deeply deeply religious household yeah. where attraction and lust and stuff are things that are deeply looked down on. Yeah, and everything like you. Hellfire is just about how Minister Frollo wants to fuck Esmeralda. Yeah, That's the entire much. song. Yeah yeah and um yeah there's and like it's not it the thing that kills me about modern day cancel culture it's not even like sticking to like pg 
or P movie or like P, like you know PG thirteen. It's even yeah. going into like rated R movies. Like I don't know if you watch the new It movies. I have not. I was really really in. Like I've read the book. I'm a huge Stephen King fan, and I remember going to watch It, and like It Part One and then Part Two, and then after like I watched Part Two, I was like just reading reviews like about It Two it part two on thing they were talking about how pennywise is homophobic and i'm just like no but let's see what you got to say and so like they were like because there's a scene it's like a very powerful scene but like they did do some liberties in the movie that aren't in the books but there's a scene where like it goes back to one of the characters who's actually gay and like pretty much like it goes back and like, he gets like pretty much cast out of this like arcade because the bully in the movie is about to kick the shit out of him and calls him a faggot and everything like that and then pennywise comes down and is just like i know your secret your dirty little secret and i like, start yeah. singing this to him and because i mean first of all what if what if Penny, pennywise was homophobic well like because if he was in a certain scene, that is to just go off of the fear of the person that he's tormenting, man. Yeah. Evil is everything. Well, you know, Evil is homophobic. Evil is transphobic. You know Evil how, is good phobic. Do you know how the deadlight that is Pennywise feeds? No. It cultivates fear. Okay, so it builds and on fear. That's yeah. why most of the time Pennywise goes after children because it's way it's harder easier to, to cultivate a them. child's fear than it is an adult's fear. Pennywise, oh, really? yeah, Pennywise doesn't give a shit that dude is the that dude is gay. It's dude, just the fact that dude he's is not of out. It. Dude is not out in the movie, so he's still so in the closet he's, and he's, he's scared of people finding out, and mm -hmm. that's the entire thing of it. Also, Pennywise fucking gobbles up two children in the movie and you're yeah. going to tell me where you where you're crossing the line is i know your secret your dirty little secret yeah it's like, just like sorry dude, a you villain. can't you can't talk about how people are gay but you can eat these two children and it's also like even if you was homophobic that's traits you want to have want a villain to have yeah those yeah. are traits of a villain that's the yeah. point of him being evil yeah exactly it's, and it just drives me fucking crazy it's just crazy. the cancel culture man like one thing after another people are getting mad about and i mean i, I mean i get it but like also i quote dave Chappelle: i don't want to live in a country with a brittle spirit yeah america is built on rebels let's put it that way yeah for sure we're built on rebels we decided to rebel from everything that there was to create our own stuff we re and like, then it wasn't just rebelling from the king and everything but it was like you know the spanish colonies rebel rebelling from yeah you know, i mean we are a country built on rebels mm -hmm. we are the rebels of everything i mean you you remember and, when i was pissing everybody off when everybody was just like you know riots and you know stuff like that isn't the american way and i'm like it kind of is tell that to the boston fucking tea party man. yeah like tell that to the American Revolution, man. Yeah. When you piss certain people off, people will revolt. People will revolt. That's just how but, it is. Like we're a country based on rebels, man. And based on rebels, when and you free start speech. doing this cancel culture kind of stuff, and I mean, I get it. 
Yeah. There are certain people that deserve it. Harvey Weinstein. He deserves that shit. Bill, Bill Cosby. Cosby deserves that right. shit. Yeah. There's some people that are canceled because of jokes that they made. Like 15 years ago. And no joke, even if they meant that shit. Well, dude, I especially, because, you know, for me... I mean, fuck those guys, but if they're doing a good job at what they do, let them fucking do it, you know what I mean? And I say that right now, Trump administration, that Trump guy has so many fucking scandals. I'm not saying Joe Biden's a fucking saint, but... It, but it's literally been scandal after fucking this scandal Trump after guy's fucking scandal. scandal after fucking scandal with the Stormy Daniels, all this other bullshit. But yet, people don't want to cancel him. You don't. You know what truly kills me? You know how many racist jokes and like other shit that this guy has talked and said. You know how many said? rape charges he has? And well, there you go, rape yeah. charges. I mean, all this shit that this guy bragged. Done. Before, but like he bragged when he was like the ruler of like not and the one runner. of the few presidents that's actually taken responsibility of what his office has done like look i'm not gonna try to get too fucking political yeah but if your daughter came up to you and was like i'm dating this guy he's powerful but he's got a couple of sex charges and he's also said some racist shit on Twitter. Would you want that person or would you want your daughter to date that person? You would be like, fuck no. Yeah. But then you're going to vote somebody like that in office. But you're also going to cancel or you're going to try to get rid of fucking James Gunn, director of Guardians of the Galaxy, the new Suicide Squad reboot, and everything like that, For because jokes. he made a fucking homophobic joke back in the day. Pedophilia joke. Or pedophilia joke. I'm yeah. sorry. I would ha I don't know one person that I know that hasn't made a pedophile joke, oh, man. Oh, dude, when, we, when Brian was getting married, and we just kept making pedophilia jokes in the church. Exactly, yeah. dude. We kept making those jokes. Does that mean that we're shitty people no. no that's because we take humor we take like if anything comedy is tragedy plus timing man the thing that you just it's sometimes it's just a joke when people go beyond the joke that's when you have to be fearful but when it's just a fucking joke man lighten the fuck up and take a goddamn joke some yeah. people have their opinion. They talk about free speech all the time. But when somebody says something that other people don't agree with or a crowd of people don't agree with, guess what? They fucking revolt at them and they want them wiped off the face of the earth. Which is the exact opposite of what America is about, man. Yeah. America is about freedom of speech. The freedom to be able to say what the fuck you want to say. And also, it's like fucking comedians and shit they're going for. One more thing about Trump, and then we'll get off Trump immediately. But the thing that deeply disturbs me, and the thing that fucking kills me, I've lost a lot of respect for people that, I, that, I've, that I've loved over the years. Because these are the same people that told me, the same people that told me that Trump is a Christian are the same people that told me Obama was the Antichrist. Dude, uh, uh, well, uh, what about that yeah. interview where the, the dude was just like, tell me your favorite Bible verse. And the dude was like, oh, well, you know, I, you know, there's so many. 
Nobody There's knows so the Bible many. better than me. Nobody knows the Bible better than me. And it's and like, say a fucking quote. Say John 3.16. Say the most it's, simple it's, one. Yeah, it's also the same thing that people argue with, like, why he didn't go against the white supremacy. It's because I've heard remarks of, like, oh, well, he's had to denounce it in the past. He never why does has. He have, why does he have to do it now? He never and, has. Well, there's a point in time to where he actually did. Okay, I'll give him that. Um... I'm not saying that I witnessed it, but I'm also not going to doubt the people that have said it because, look, I don't read political news. I'm not heavy into it, so I'm not going to be the person to say yay or nay on shit. But also in that same aspect, I don't care if somebody asks me a million fucking times. They say, are you white supremacist? I'm going to say no. no. It's that easy. And then even if you get mad about it. That somebody's asked you for the millionth time, what you're going to reply with is, for the fucking millionth time, no! Yeah, it's that easy. It's just like the... Just because, like, he's been asked before and then people say, oh, well, you know, he's been asked before, he doesn't have to say it again. Who's Who's the voice of Rick and Morty? Justin Rowland? Justin Rowland? Did you yeah, see that? Roiland. Did you see that thing coming out a couple like with the whole Shelbyville thing where he's just like since our president doesn't have the courage to say it, I'll say it on this stage. Fuck Nazis. And it's just like, dude, that's so symbolic to me because my grandfather fought Nazis. I'm all about the fuck Nazis train. I don't like people like, dude, I will become violent if people like wave one of those fucking flags in my face. Yeah, and man. Shit like that. Like I'm not for saying, good reason. I'm not saying Trump is a terrible guy, but I'm also not saying that he's a good dude. I mean, we no all means. have faults. We all have faults. But the one thing that I've seen, whether or not, because like people can say, I'm not going to say that he hasn't put good policies into play. He's done some good in the time that he's been in office he's done something or his staff has done something but one thing that gets me is that he's never admitted fault for himself it's always been oh i never heard that it's somebody else's job but if you look at every other president even bush man yeah even bush took accountability for the actions of his office why because he's the president he literally said like with the whole thing ronald reagan some people's worst president some people's worst and some people's best even ronald reagan even said during a scandal was just like i will take full action for the responsibility of my office you'll take full responsibility for the actions of my office exactly trump has not done that man Trump, I don't think he has the humility to. Like, and again, like, all I know about Trump, you know, with his presidency, I don't pay attention to a lot of that stuff. But, of course, I knew Trump beforehand, man. I knew him as a TV show host and everything. And I think it just goes to show why the cancel culture is so hardcore now is because we let it, we let stars get away with a bunch of shit. I mean, there are stars that, like... Nobody really cared about Trump or what the fuck he was doing when he was the host of The Apprentice. Nobody gave a shit when he bankrupt like, six of his fucking businesses and got fucking government bailouts for all of them but 
Dude. He wants to go and do all of this stuff the and thing, make the rich be richer and all of this the stuff. The thing that like scares me too. The thing that scares me about like people people like Trump and people in his power. Have you heard about his tax returns? That's a that's another question. Yeah, and then like people argue like you got to read the whole fucking thing. No. Like apparently he gave like oh one year he gave like four to five million dollars and whatnot in taxes to cover the next couple of years and then he paid 750 like his first year being present about but also in that argument the dude has gotten so much money from the government so much money also one billion dollars in debt to somebody and we have no idea who. And then, of course, these secret yeah. Chinese bank accounts. But, of course, a lot of people are going to say that's fake news. We don't know what we're talking about. And, again, I'm just going to beat them to the punch. I don't necessarily know what I'm talking about. All right? Because yeah. I don't really follow that shit. Because after Bushman... Or, you know, like when I was able to find out about politics and I was old enough to pay attention with the whole Bush administration, man, it was so much bullshit. So much. And then when Obama came on the scene, it was nothing but negative negativity about that dude, man. Nothing but negativity. There was a three month Fox News piece about how Michelle Obama showed off too much of her arm skin in a dress. There, and that, that that's just BS, man. Yeah. Because Obama did some good shit. Did he do some bad shit? Yes. Yes. Did Trump do some good shit? But news yes. alert. But did he also do a lot of bad shit? Yes. He yeah. did. Here's but a, nobody focuses on that. Here's a news flash to everybody. Every bad president has their fucking every I mean, every president has their fucking skeletons. Yeah. Every president And has done also shit. for the simple fact that look, look, I don't know a lot about politics, but I do know this because my wife follows politics oh yeah you me and your wife have had some conversations yes yeah. my wife follows politics i mean her agree heavily it on some stuff. is yeah. a fact that barack obama put in place a pandemic game plan that is a fact because not only has he said this recently but before it really got bad with the pandemic. There was a podcast of people that were in Obama's like office, like his people that worked under him. They have a podcast. And then they talked about it. And then they got Obama to come on and talk about it. And then it's now recently while he's going around with Biden and his stuff that he's talking about this. And then people are like, whatever. But months before this happened, they started talking about it, all right? And Trump threw that out the window. You know why? Because it had Obama's name on it. Exactly. That's it. He's such... I, like... Look, like, dude, a good I'm... idea is a good idea. I, like... I mean, if anything, if Trump is a businessman, should see a good idea... And I mean, if anything, he should have just put it, stamped it in gold and put his fucking name on it and said that it was the Trump's uh, pandemic plan. Because, like, look what he's done, like, you know, like, especially with presidential debates, like, he says he has plans for, like, health insurance. He was saying that shit during Dude, the last election. presidential debates, like, that's the reason why I get really drunk. It's because we watch the presidential debates, and then, like, every time he says conspiracy, fake news... 
He doesn't know what. Anytime he interrupts the other person or the narrator, we take a drink. Oh, I and I end up getting wasted during the presidential debates. And dude, like the people that the part that like also like really kills me, like especially but uh, a part of like the first debate because look, I'm not the person who knows everything about politics, but I grew up in politics on my dad's side of the family. My dad's mm-hmm. side of the family, lawyers, some of them have been mayors, some of them have ran for senator and shit like that. None of them believe the stuff that I do, but at a young age, they taught me how to form, how to properly form my own opinion and how to With take in information and yeah. stuff like that. Like One of the first rules, that I haven't been able to do that in a long time because it's so emotionally bonding, but like one of the first pieces of advice that my uncles ever gave me, because I would get really emotional about issues, is just like politics is not the place for emotion. That's how yep. you lose in politics. Yep. Which just, is kind of fucked because in my opinion i think politics should be the one place for emotion well in politics especially when you look at things like you know senators presidents and stuff like that well no i i i I take that back i take that back politics shouldn't be about emotions but of course politics should be about facts yeah Um, we have been i'm not saying that you shouldn't be religious i my entire family is super religious i am not yeah and i heart like you know i was raised in religious beliefs that's one reason why i know right from wrong of course i'm not saying that if you weren't raised in a religious household you don't know right from wrong but i also think that if you decide to disregard a law or start a law based on religious beliefs it shouldn't be about it because if you go off of religious beliefs, it's also an emotional aspect. Because when you believe in a religion, it's also an emotional thing. You know, religion you, is strictly emotional. Religion, yeah. like when you have a hard time, when you're sad, you're happy, or whatever, you either pray to your God or you thank your God. It's yeah. always a uh, an emotional aspect behind it. And with politics, there should be no uh, emotion behind yeah. it. It needs to be facts about yeah. what is happening. And we just if, haven't had that because... If pol- if police are beating black people, then you shouldn't have a religious thing behind it. Yeah. That should not happen. If a lady wants to get rid of a baby during a hard time or this and that, it's her body, her choice... There should be no religious aspect behind it or emotional because you know aspect behind happen? it. You know what's going to happen to that woman where when when she does have that baby and she's financially struggling and she's trying she's to get She's going on the to EBT. resent that baby hardcore and then no. that baby is going to I'm not even talking about her, but like when she tries to get a governmental aid, like you know, like uh like EBT you know, and stuff EBT like that. And stuff like that. It was just like, well, you made that decision. Now you have to live with mm. it. And it's like you because made me go through this decision. Yeah, because you're yeah. gonna yell at these ladies for having a baby, and then when they struggle and take your tax money, then you complain about it because they can't because she can't support herself and the baby at the same time. Yeah. Then guess what? You wouldn't be worried about that if she was able to nickname that baby a right at the beginning before and it was I, an actual baby. I hate that entire argument when like people. Come out, especially like abortion because abortion is a huge gray area. That's a tired, huge I'm gray tired area. People. It's I'm, so 
And when, like, and I just love the fact that, like, with the mask and everything, and then you hear ladies going, my body, my choice, I'll wear a mask if I want to. But when it comes to abortion, they're just like, it's not your body, it's not your choice, it's my choice, fuck you, you're gonna have that baby. Well, also, and it's just, where was I going with this, but um, it's like a huge gray area, and like, it's not black and white. And these people that just say, like, if you get an abortion, you're a bad person... That's not the case. That's not the case. You're going. To, are you going to go out there and tell every woman that's had a miscarriage that they're a bad person too? Yeah. Like it's heartless. Yeah. It's complete and like. Well, I a know. miscarriage is an act of God. Yeah. And everything like that, and it's just like, dude, you're not like my entire thing with like the people who say they're pro-life. I'm like, you're not pro-life. You're pro-fetus, and that's where pro-fetus. it stops. It ends. Yeah. And. Like, I've had friends, like, of course, won't say who, but, like, I've had recent friends that have had it, and, like, they confided in me, and I'm like, why would I fucking... Yeah, why would you judge? Why would I judge you? Yeah, I don't know what you're going through, or I know a little bit about what you're going through. You don't know what people are going through on a daily basis. Yeah. You don't know what their life is like. And I guarantee you that if someone that even I cared about, like, uh, a lot of people have been, like, trying to get me to get some of my family involved. I don't want any of my family to find out about this because I don't want particular members of my family to find out about it. Yeah, man. Because if they, like, some of them are very homophobic, some of them are racist, and they were going to go up to someone like Emmy or someone like Zia or someone like Robert and say something to upset them, I'd fuck them up. And I know that's how it would go. See, I guess I lucked out with my family because I also have gay people in my family. And I do too. My parents are, my dad's somewhat religious my mom is super religious but at the same aspect my mom doesn't care who you are white or black white or black gay or straight trans or whatever she don't care as long as you a good person and you do what's right that's what she cares about and that's how people need to be man so i went to the daigle household and like i'm not saying this is about my parents my parents are not homophobic my parents are not racist my my parents took me out of that situation they did everything they could for me not to be raised in that yeah so as far as like if we disagree on everything like you know i might get mad at my parents sometimes because they believe in something that i think is stupid but at the same time it's because of the sacrifices they made and the people they left behind where i was able to form my own opinions and be a free thinker and so but yeah like whenever i went to the daigle household i felt i always felt nothing but love yeah, man. Yeah. That's what we about. Yeah. Like, do we think about racial stereotypes? Hell yeah, we do. <laughs> but it's not like we racist. You know yeah. what I mean? And We also grew up in a time where, like... Do we think that, like, do we have gay people over and, like, make fun of some of the gay stereotypes? Hell yeah, we do. But, of course, we we may, we joke around with everybody. Yeah, That's if you're, the thing, if you're not man. Jo- if you're not joking with somebody, if you're not breaking their balls, you don't like that person. Exactly, yeah. man. Like, and that's why I quote Dave Chappelle, I don't want to live in a country with a brittle spirit. It's... You can crack jokes about people, but also accept them for who they are at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's the same concept as when you bust your buddy's balls while you're drinking or, you know, while you're hanging out. It's the same concept, okay? let's just put it this way. Just because you think in the Bible it says that being gay is a sin 
Do you know how many gay people have welcomed me with open arms? Yeah. All of them. One of my closest friends that I have made through Matrosa do is you, gay. Do you and know? And I love her to death. Yeah. yeah. All, uh, do you know how many black people have welcomed me with open arms? Absolutely. All of them. Do you know how many Hispanic people, foreign people, trans people, gay people Muslim. have welcomed Muslim people have welcomed me with open arms? All of them. Do you know how many white people, religious white people, have looked down upon me for the things that I believe in and the way that I act? Oh, a dude. lot of them, dude. Some of my own family. Some like, like most of them. Were... I remember. Let's yeah. let me put it this way. There's one story, and this will be the last little bit of political or religious that I really get into it, because uh, you know, I like Matrotham Khan uncensored, where we can talk about everything. But I like the fact that we can talk about nerdy shit and curse at the same time. Yeah. But this is the last little bit I'm gonna get on the religious aspect. There's one time I went to College Hills Church of Christ. In Lebanon, Tennessee. Big uppity Church of Christ. One of those churches that don't believe in bands but believe in people singing. They don't believe in actual using musical instruments when they're singing to the Lord. Which I thought was fucking weird. Mm -hmm. There was one day that I decided to come up. Everybody's dressed to the nines. Even my parents are dressed pretty nice. I show up in a pair of jeans that are kind of ripped and a Volcom uh black and red uh, long sleeve shirt right and i'm walking around this fancy ass church and there's this homeless dude man and nobody's fucking talking to him i also felt like an outcast so i'll go up there and talk to him i go what's going on man you know i see you walking around you know and he's like yeah man i'm just uh, you know i'm just looking to get something to eat and i'm like Oh, well, follow me, dude. They got, like, donuts and coffee this way, you know? I talked to him for a little bit. You know, nothing too intense. He's a stranger. I'm a young kid. You know, I'm not trying to get too into it. But we in church, and that's what you do, man. You know, Talk to strangers. You yeah. know, you help people out. He's there to worship like everybody else. And so you treat him like a person. And so I'll walk him to where the coffee is and where the donuts is. You know, I'll talk to him for a little bit. I'm even like, hey, man, you know, you, you deciding whether, you know, if you need a spot to sit down, you know, you can sit next to me and my family if you want to, mm -hmm. you know, and even my mom was just like, you know, good on you, good on you. And, you know, the service happens. He's standing in the back like everything else. Nobody's talking to him. No, everybody's, you know, dressed to the nines and suits and dresses and everything and just put him off to the side. And then the old preacher goes on the stage and it's just like, all right, I'd like to welcome the new preacher, John so-and-so. And then the homeless guy starts walking to the stage. No fucking way. And he strips down and is wearing like this nice ass suit, takes the beanie off, takes some kind of rugged shit off of his face, and he's dressed to the nines, bro. He's the new preacher. That's fucking amazing. He's the new preacher, and he goes to, he talks to the church, and he just goes, I am greatly disappointed in this congregation. 
He goes, not one person talked to me today when I walked in, except for one person. Dustin, I'd like you to stand up. And I stood up in my Volcom long sleeve shirt, <laughs> yeah. rolled up my ripped jeans and everything like that. And I stood up and he was then he was even like, Thank you, Dustin. You can sit down. He was like, that was the only person that showed me any kindness while I was wandering the hallways of this church. God damn. And then he no pulled out his Bible him. and he's like we got a lot of work to do. Shit. And my mom, like practically in tears, holding on to me and stuff like that. I'm so proud of you, baby. And I mean, it's just that mental aspect of just like, look, man, you don't know what people are going through. You don't know what anybody's about. I've been the black. Sh- I'm still the black sheep of my family, man. Oh, dude. Not the major black sheep, but I'm still the black sheep of my family. I'm not my uncle or nothing, whatever, but I'm still the black sheep of my immediate family. And you just don't know what people are going through, man. People have gone through shit. And I mean, especially in a house of worship where, because like, look, dude, you go to church. They ain't a lot of homeless people that go to church, you know what I mean? Homeless people that go to church are looking to change their ways and want worship and go to prayer, you know what I mean? Yeah. So if anything, those are the compassion. If yeah. anything, those are the number one people you need to talk to. Yeah. Not one fucking person talk to them, man. That's fucking heavy, man. So like but I've never experienced that kind of scrutiny anywhere else than when I'm in one of those kinds of churches. Now, I'm not saying all churches are the same. They're not. They're definitely not. But I've never felt that kind of scrutiny against the way I live my life when I was in those kinds of churches or when I talked to certain white people, man. Me either. And that's crazy. And I don't, you know, I don't want to get these Trump people all mixed up with like, oh, well, you know, it's like a new white genocide, like fucking Stormfront says on the boys. But, you know, I think it's the fact that people that have struggled the most have the brightest hearts. People that have been through the shit know what it's like to have a good day because they've had so many bad ones. And then people that have nothing, that have had nothing but full bellies and opportunities in their life. They don't know a life without it. I think they take for granted what they don't have. And sometimes even be like, I know that a lot of churches and a lot of youth groups go to Haiti and all these places and do these projects to help the poor and then go back to their full houses with pantries full of food and opportunity just spewed upon them. But the people that don't know what it's like to struggle will never know what a really bad day is like. I mean, yeah, dude. And I mean, uh, kudos to the people that do have great lives, been grown up, full, you know, both parents in the household, 
you know, grown up with full bellies and, you know, have opportunities, go to college and still stay humble and help out. Like, I'm not saying that all those people are the same. Those people do exist. The good people. I've met rich ass people that do nothing but work their ass off and then help anybody that they can. Yeah. But I've also met a lot of rich ass people that don't give a fuck about other people. I feel that. Except for other rich ass people. And then I've met poor ass people that will give you the shirt off their back if they ask you. They will feed you the last bit of food in their pantry just so you can have a meal if you're visiting. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's just one thing that we're missing right now. We're missing that compassion for other human beings we're missing the whole fact that we're all different and we can have differences in our lives and there's some things that we'll never agree on but that doesn't mean that we can't be civil with each other for sure that does not mean that we can't be civil with each other and that's just like because i'm not i don't necessarily agree with certain people's beliefs I don't necessarily agree with certain people's lifestyles, but that does not mean that we can't share a cup together. Yeah, it means we can't get a drink together. It means we can't share. That doesn't mean that we can't be in the same movie theater together. That doesn't mean that we can't be in the same room together and be civil with each other. Yeah. Even people you don't like, you need to show civility towards. That's the grown up thing to do. I mean, no joke. I could be in the same room with a Nazi. And not know that that person's a Nazi. You know what I mean? Yeah. We could talk about what we binge watched on Netflix. Watch the same shit. We could talk about how we drank the same fucking beer. But then if we actually had a real conversation and I realized that this person is a fucking Nazi. Yes, I do not believe what the fuck he's talking about. Or she's talking about. And I say fuck that shit. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I got a whoop ass right there. That just means that they can do them and I can do me. We don't have to be a part of the same thing, you know, or if anything, that's given us more reason to talk and you try got, to find a common ground. You never we know, don't have to go to straight up your, violence. You never know your enemy until you have a conversation with exactly. them. Exactly. You never yeah. know your enemy until you have a conversation with them. Until you spend some time. Exactly, because you don't have to go to straight fist. You don't have to go to straight violence, man. You can just talk to people. That's the yeah. most powerful thing of all is words. Absolutely. Words are the most powerful thing. You Sorry, can, I'm like over here about to like choke up and shit. You can yeah. shoot, you can punch, you can kick, you can do all you want to. But all of that anger... You could have just channeled into actual conversation and maybe have found some common ground. Absolutely. Or found or found out that you guys will never agree ever and then part ways and never fucks with each other again. I mean, there needs to be a lot more of that in the world for sure. But... And I know that it's not all black and white like that. Yeah. I know that there's some people that won't agree with you and then will act violently towards others. And I'm not saying you got to take that shit either. No, self-defense is a fucking thing. 
but there are ways to go about things. That's the fact that's like, we're human beings, man. We're so intelligent. Look at what's all we created. And we can't talk shit out. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's fucking stupid. How many times have me and you... We have gone to the moon. We are talking about going to Mars. We have computers in our pockets. You know? Like... There's so much stuff that human beings can do and that we're capable of, and we can't find a civil conversation to talk about our differences and be better at it. Yeah, That's fucking insane to me. Dude, me and you have had plenty of conversations where we don't agree. Exactly. Yeah. Mark, one of the heads of this Matrothamcons, there's plenty of conversations to where we've got heated at each other and we don't agree on. But at the end of the day... We fucking love each other. We fucking love each other, man. We fucking love each other. Yeah, and that's... Dude, a lot more love, especially... You know, we're talking the day before the actual election, which I actually have to go out and do that. um, Oh, I already voted. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Uh, Go out and vote. Yeah, for sure. I don't care who you vote for, but go out and vote. But... Just you don't vote for Kanye. That's stupid. Yeah, don't vote for Kanye. Don't don't pull another Harambe, please, <laughs> please. But um, here's my thing with it and everything like that. When times like these are tough, times like these are really tough, especially for people who are progressive in the way that they think and in the way they feel. When I tell other people, especially like other religious people, and they think that I might think lower of them because. You know, I'm an atheist, and because I'm an atheist, I'm the smartest person in the room. I don't, you know me. I don't think like that. Yeah. And you're the dumbest person I know. Do whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Whenever, whenever I enter a room and there's a room full of people, in that room full of people, in my mind, I'm the dumbest person in the room. That's how I approach every situation. And I think that's like what's gotten me so far in Matrotham. I think that's what's gotten my respect from people like you and people like Mark and everything. Because, you know, I don't know everything. Yeah. And the only way I'm going to know more is if I have conversations with people that I might not agree with, but they know more than me. That's the whole point. That's the whole point of learning, man. Like, let me put it to you this way. Yeah. Um, Dan, he's a part of my team. Love him to death. Love him and Rhonda to death. He's a diehard Trump fan. His political views do not match with mine. But if I ever needed help and I called upon him, he would answer. Mm-hmm. And the same goes for me. If yeah. he called upon me and was like, hey, man, I need to move to a new place. Do you, can you help me out? I would not hesitate. Absolutely not. Because... Whether he, like, his beliefs are not my beliefs, but that doesn't mean that we cannot get along. Do the the part where progress is made and, you know, you get forward motion in everything is when you find common ground. Exactly. No, nobody agrees completely 100% on things. Yeah. Everyone's different. Because it's funny, man, because, yeah. you know what? I bet you a lot of these Nazi motherfuckers have a decent amount in common with a lot of black people and Muslims that they hate. And Jewish people, yeah. Like, I bet you nowadays, you know, especially a lot of the young Nazis, listen to the same fucking music that all these other people listen to. Mm-hmm. They watch the watch same, same fucking movies. TV shows. They drink the same fucking beer. They eat the same fucking food, man. 
Yeah. It's funny how many Nazis love fucking Mexican food. Isn't that weird? I know, right? Yeah. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. But, um... Uh, I think it's about time to wrap this up, but... Yeah, we got to, a little we got a little hardcore but towards to, the end right there. But to wrap this up, you know, I've been talking to everybody, like, you know, when this podcast was put on me to do, and I accepted to do it, and everything like that, I remember, like, just, like, going home and just... Knowing you, ma'am, has been nothing but positive for me. I was a very, I was a very jaded, very self-loathing person when you met me, mm-hmm. and like I've struggled a lot in the last year with uh, my mental illness, depression, you know, anxiety and stuff like that. And I know that I'm very blessed. Wouldn't be the right word for me, but it's the only word coming to mind. I'm blessed with. You don't have to be religious yeah. to be blessed, man. I'm blessed with... Blessed isn't just a religious yeah. term, man. Yeah, I know. It's kind of like how I'm still having trouble using the word soul, even though I know I have a soul. But... Everybody's got a soul. I'm very... Also not a religious term. I'm very blessed because, you know, I have friends like you and friends like Brian who can look at me. And be like, yo, dude, what's wrong? I'll be like, nothing's wrong. I'm all right. And y'all are like, nah, bullshit. <laughs> yeah, Some, bullshit. Where's the poo? Where's the poo, Justin? Yeah, nah, bullshit. Like, what's going on? I'm trying not to get a little choked up saying this because I just wanted you to know that, it, like, I wouldn't be a part of Matrotham if it wasn't for you. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have done everything I've done in Matrotham if it w- wasn't you, Brian, and Mark putting the confidence behind me that I didn't have for myself at the time. You're a great fucking guy, man. And I appreciate that. Thank I you, love, like, I love you too, man. Yeah, I love the fact that I am blessed enough, blessed enough to have people like you in my life. Well, I feel blessed by the fact <laughs> that you're blessed with me. You know, because that's one thing that my family has always instilled with me, and it's not a generational thing, man. My family, yeah. old times, has always been willing to help out other people and be nice to people and be civil to people, whether or not they agreed with them or not. You know, that's just the way that people need to be, mm-hmm. you know? For sure. And I'm also blessed to have you in my life. And as a person also that has gone through depression, has ADD, and has been through this mess, you know, I can tell you that the grass is greener on the other side. Yeah. You know, there's a way that you can go about it with medication, without medication. Like, thank you for saying that you blessed with me because I feel blessed with you guys as well. You know, that's just, I treat people how I think I should be treated. That's the golden rule. You know, Mm, I want to be treated with respect. I want to be treated with humility. So I do the same with everybody that I meet. That's just how it works. That's how it should work. And also, don't be afraid to hold back. Let loose with your emotions, dog. That's why they're called feelings. Yeah. It's because you're supposed to feel them. I know. I'm getting better about that especially feel your emotions that goes for anybody out there that's watching or listening i'm looking at you right in the eye if you're watching if you have a feeling fucking feel it man feel it 
That's the whole point of feelings. Don't hold that shit back. Feel that shit. Because the only way that you're going to get in a better place is if you feel that feeling. You know? If you're feeling loss, the only way to feel it is to grieve. And then after grieve, after you feel all of that, comes closure. Yeah. And then after closure comes the healing process. You know? There are things in your life that's never going to fade away, but will get better with time Mm -hmm. and things that you can deal with later on. That's a fact. I've lost friends in my life. I've lost friends due to accidents. I've lost friends due to suicide. I've lost family members. Everybody's lost somebody. I've lost jobs. I've been depressed. I've, I've, I've witnessed heartbreak. I've felt all of that. But without those sad things i would have never appreciated to kind of all the good shit that's happened to kind of go off that like this might be a little fucked up to say but like one of the parts one of the parts of our friendship where like i felt like the most connected to you is like when you came up to me it was just like dude i'm i'm having trouble getting out of bed most days right now and shit like that yeah man and i'm just like me too, man. You just gotta do like and I pretty much gave you the same advice you give me when I'm in those states and stuff yeah, man. like that. Uh look, it's an ongoing battle, man. I'm yeah. not saying that I don't have my bad days. It's not a battle you went alone. It is No, it's not. I've just lucked out with my amazing, beautiful, sexy ass wife, and I hope she listens to this part. Yeah. But I lucked out with this person in my life. But I also lucked out with you, man. I lucked out with you. I lucked out with Brian. I lucked out with the friends that I have that actually treat me with respect and love me for who I am and know what I'm about. You know? Because like you said, you don't want this battle alone. Yeah. And I think that's the you don't win this battle alone. I think that's the perfect place to end. Yeah. You, you don't win this battle alone. I love you, man. I love you too, brother Ben. Uh, all right, guys. So that has been one very emotional and political and nerdy time with Matrotham Khan Uncensored with your host here, Dr. Hodgepodge. It's actually just Justin on here. It's just Justin on here? All yeah. right. With Justin and then Dustin. <laughs> We signing off. We love you guys. Comment down below. Don't be afraid to hit that like and subscribe button. I know I'm taking over right here. <laughs> it's just the showman in me. Nah, I mean. Take it away, man. You're doing yeah, really good. Yeah, I'm yeah. Don't be afraid. Here. Yeah, don't be afraid to yeah. hit that like and subscribe button. Uh, comment down below what you thought of our conversations because, like, I don't care if you believe in what I believe or if you don't believe in what I believe. That's the whole point of this conversation. Comment down below what you think about it. We might comment back, but this is the point of discussion, man. We talked about nerdy stuff. We talked about political views. We talked about religious views. We talked about mental health and like the common decency between people. There was a lot of stuff that was covered tonight. And if you feel the need to comment down below, please do. Talk to people that are like-minded like yourselves or even better, talk to people that aren't like-minded by uh, like yourselves and have a conversation. Talk to each other. Talk to each other civil. Don't be trolling each other in the comment section. Talk to each other civil. Find a way to get a common ground. And even if you never get a common ground, and guess what? You don't ever have to talk to that person again. That's the power of the internet. <laughs> but 
I love you guys. I love you guys. We love you guys, and we hope that you guys have a great rest of your night. Tune in to future episodes. Tune in to future episodes. Tune in MetrothamCon tonight. Or Metrotham tonight. Tune in to MetrothamCon live every Monday at 8 p.m. And be safe out there, man. Peace, love, and rocket ships. Love I love you. you guys. Love you. Love all you fucking nerds. Love all you fucking nerds. Mwah! Double kisses. <laughs> You've been listening to Matrotham Uncensored with host Justin Hodgkins. Subscribe to our podcast and tune in weekly on Apple or Spotify. Live long and prosper.